Why not see what all the fuss is about and visit Arcade Club, the UK's largest classic video and pinball arcade. Now open Saturdays and Sundays. Search Arcade Club on Google or Facebook to find them, or see the links in the podcast notes on our site. Hello, welcome to Temex Arcade Podcast. My name is Victor Mollard, a.k.a. Vertvic. And I'm Sean Holly, a.k.a. In Your Face. Sean Holly, how are you, Vic? I am relaxed and marvellous. <laughs> I just had a Very nice down. blue bath. A what? A blue bath. Well, what's that mean? It's a bubble bath that's all blue and nice and smelly. Oh, very good. I went to the gym earlier, so I had to have a bath afterwards. It was quite nice. Any road, any road, that's nothing to do with arcade stuff, and that's what we like talking about on this podcast. Yes. So, tell me things you've been doing lately. Yeah, things we've been up to. I've been up to quite a lot, actually. Good. Not last week. Yeah, last week I was off and I went to North Wales, travelling around the lovely countryside around there. Brilliant. It was lovely. I went to Conway, mm-hmm. uh, Landudno, Landildydudno. I think your phone that's pronounced Landudno. Uh, right. Two L's is a ch in Welsh. Do you know, we were going along the, I think it's called the North Wales Expressway, and we kept seeing a sign for this place called something like Jessem Twelem Feathertor. And every so often I could see a sign for this place and I thought, I'm sure we've been past this place. But it turns out it's services in Welsh. <laughs> well done. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I've got a little bit of audio that um, me and Waff yes. did. So this is the audio coming up here. Hello, this is a 10 pence arcade field report. I'm here at Land Dudno and there's two arcades I've found. This is the first one and it's at the base of the pier, so we're going to have a look around. Watch <laughs> That's Mrs. Holly. Hi, Mrs. Holly. Hello. <laughs> We've got Terminator Salvation, two-player. Tank, 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 which is that Bandai Namco thing. Alpine Racer with a huge vertical screen. One of them typhoon rides that you just sit on and it plays a video like you're on a roller coaster. So there's no classics, but there's still video games. You can still play the video games. Oh, they've got Jurassic Park. The new Jurassic Park arcade game. We'll have to go with that in a minute. NASCAR racing, Fast and Furious superbikes, like Jurassic Park, which sounds like this. to the deck arcade which is at the end of London No Pier. I'm going to have a look in. Go on, wife. Game of Seawolf. Yeah, it's not the old 70s game, though. It's a ticket redemption game called Seawolf. Similar thing, shooting torpedoes to blow up ships. Looks like there's older games in here than there was on the one at the base of the pier. Time Crisis 3. Dancing Stage Euro Mix 2. Guitar Hero Arcade. I want a minion. <laughs> Sega Rally 3. 
Indiana Jones Pinball, wow. Need for Speed Carbon, Dead Storm Pirates, two-player, Time Crisis 4, and NASCAR Racing again. That's it. Say goodbye, wife. Hi, wife. Also, been, been to a lovely, 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 lovely arcade club. Indeed. More new games, loads of new games. Tell you what was really good last night, a four-player go on Warlords, four of us. Marvellous game. Really good competition. Of course, I won every game. Of course. No, I didn't. Oh. Not at all. Oh. Um, what have you been up to? Well, I've been... Loads of boring stuff, actually. Loads of physical work in the garden. Our garden was like four foot tall of grass and weeds and brambles and stuff. I've been beating the heck out of that, and it's been wearing me out. But... I've had I've made time to play Kicker, which is our game of this week, mm. as I do love a bit of Kicker me, and it's been quite fun, uh, quite different from what we've been doing from the normal game with Kicker. We've been doing these extreme settings we've not done before. I normally play it on marathon settings; it just takes too long. But that's yeah. been a lot of fun, actually, a lot of fun. I've also been dreaming up loads of new projects I've got no time to do, which is <laughs> not wise for me. I've got this idea in my head that I want to play different vector games. And mm. to do that, you need different vector cabs. Unfortunately, I haven't got the room to have different vector cabs. I've got one little cabaret, the Asteroid, which plays Asteroids Deluxe. And I'm trying to uh, modify the insides of it. Uh, you need different parts to make different vector games work. Asteroids and Asteroids Deluxe works absolutely fine on that cabinet because they're very yeah. similar pinouts. So there's only like some of the controls that are different. But I got this Space Duel PCB from that. Remember we talked about it two weeks ago? Yeah, yeah. It's a company called Choo Choo Arcade, which are based in Chattanooga in the US of A. And there was a bit of a confusion about it. I, I bought this PCB. It was $100, which is an absolute bargain, right? And they said that Player 2 controls don't work on it. You can't choose a Player 2 game. I said, no, no problem at all. I only want it from one player cabinet, so that's fine. Uh, and they said they sent it. And then two days later, I had a message saying, oh, we've given you a full refund. The package came back from the post office, absolutely squashed flat. So yeah. I went, Ugh. and I felt, mm, I went, okay, can you find me another one? They said, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll see if we can find you another one. There's a bit of confusion, and I put it on the UK VAC forum saying, has anyone dealt with these people before? It sounds a bit dodgy how they've, you know, they sold this thing for quite cheap when they had a, a load of other ones for sale for more money, and they had to send it to the UK. And, and some USA dealers don't like sending it to the, the UK. It's a bit of a pain. And I thought, this is a bit dodgy. Maybe they've just thought better of it and decided to have the thing back and just give me a refund. I put it out on the UK VAC forums about it, and they said, well, one person had a problem with them before, and another one said, oh, they've got another four for sale on, on eBay. Why don't you ask them for one of those as an exchange? So I did. And they said, yeah, okay, we'll do that. And I said, well, I want to work in one. And they said, yeah. I said, well, it's $229. Buy it now. And I bought, I won this other one for $100. Will you give me it for 100 They said, yep, yeah, no problem at all. We want to keep, you know, good feedback and stuff. We want to make sure it's okay. Okay, thanks very much. Uh, and they sent it. Yeah. And it arrived. Brilliant. I was happy to see it. Opened it up. Squashed. <laughs> there was loads of components on it squashed. There was, a, there was a capacitor at the front of the PCB that was almost flat, when they normally sort of can-shaped. Yeah. And the main CPU on it had been squashed to one side, and then the, the actual socket and the legs had been bent over. So I managed to sort of straighten it out. And I think two or three of the EPROMs, which are the game ro- the game's codes on, have been squashed as well. I, I got a feeling this, this will not work, this PCB, and I was not happy about it. I was really annoyed. So I sent him a message saying, oh, so you sent me this, the squashed one after all then, did you? And the reply back was, oh, it's the only one we had on the shelf. But they said they were going to send me the working one. Yeah. 
So they said, okay, we'll give you a full refund. Just keep it or throw it away or whatever. So I haven't had a refund yet. I did remind them about it and they still not refunded me. So the jury's out on this company at the moment so far. Oh dear. But hopefully they'll give me a refund and I can send it to one of our uh, vector boffins for not too much money and get it repaired. Mm. Because I'm having a bit of difficulty getting into the cabinet because it does need some different voltages on the PCB. And the voltages on, on that kind of cabinet go through an AR2, which is an audio regulator board. It's not a bit different from just a jammer cab. It's quite a bit different. It's got linear power supplies and AR2s and all this sort of business. And I'm having to make extra looms up from the power brick in the bottom of the cab, the linear power supply, to go to the other side of the AR2, which is not being used for normal asteroids, to mm. give voltages, to make voltages for the Space Jewel PCB. It's a bit of a faff. And also, I thought these PCBs were the same physical size, because the, the Asteroids PCB and, P, and Asteroids Deluxe are exactly the same size, and they only just fit in the cabinet, because it's only a small cab. This mm. one's about an inch and a half longer. I was like, I put it in there and went, oh, the back door won't close. Oops. <laughs> so I'm going to oh, I'm have to situate it on the other side of the cabinet, upright, and make a sort of long loom, because there's, there's a different loom as well. You've got to make a sort of an adapter loom as well. So it's quite complicated to make it work. But if it does work, it'll be absolutely brilliant. Because apparently Space Duel works really nice in black and white. Because normally it's a colour vector game. Yeah. But there is a pin out on it you can use just for the Z out and Z ground, which is black and white. So apparently it's very good in black and white. I've also been listening to a few other podcasts. I've been listening to the Pie Factory podcast. You've heard them, haven't you? Yeah, I like that one, actually. I think it's quite fun. It's like it's almost like a, two cheesy DJs in America, <laughs> but they do it in quite a fun way. And they, they do two reviews every time they do a podcast of arcade games, and they're pretty good. I quite like them. So I'll put their podcast URL in our show notes anyway. Oh, and these guys, they've just been to the Underground Retrocade because they're both based in Chicago. One of them's quite close to the Underground Retrocade, and the other guy's like half an hour to an hour away, I think. And yeah. they went there, and they did a sort of... um a bit of podcasting from there and hopefully that's what i'll be doing in december because we're going on holiday to america in december we're doing a bit of a tour from chicago and then we're going down south so hopefully i'm going to get in contact with these guys and also the the owner of the underground retrocade and see if we can all meet up meet up there be quite fun to meet these guys actually maybe do a sort of dual podcast with them and we're also going to the galloping ghost which is one with about 400 and something arcade machines on site Four four hundred and seventy. Oh there? my lord! I cannot wait. Um, I think I think wife's just going to go off for the day. She might sort of leave me there and ask the owners to look after me because I'll be all on my own, <laughs> and she'll just go and do other things. I'll be there all day. I think because I've got to get around four hundred and seventy-six arcade machines. It's going to take a while. You need a week. Oh, I do really, but I've only got a day. I think I'm only allowed Ooh. a day, but I'm going to go for it. And also in the same trip, we're hopefully getting down towards the the deep south, and we're going to go past Louisville. Um, yeah. hopefully the Broken Token uh, podcast boys will be around. I might be able to meet them as well. Ah, uh, that'd be good. That'd be yeah. really nice, yeah, because they're great guys. And they can show me to the uh, Louisville arcade, because there's an arcade in Louisville as well. Ah, brilliant. My wife's been on the case, and she's found a load of different arcades for us to sort of have a look in. Excellent. Yeah, so that's what I've been doing lately, is um, modding bits of asteroids. I also went in the arcade garage uh, this morning, and I moved a load of stuff around. Remember I had the two wall mounts on those like flimsy table thingies? Yeah. When you last visit, I've got rid of those. Mm. I think they were going to fall apart before long. I did not want my wall mounts falling through those and, and bashing themselves and breaking. So yeah. I've moved them. I've just stacked the wall mounts on top of each other for now. There's loads of room in there now. And I'll make yeah. some really heavy duty ones myself from Angle Iron from work. Ah. And use good. my new arcade drill, my 18 volt <laughs> Bosch. 
and uh, <laughs> make some holes in them and make some proper uh, furniture for those. Mm. But yeah, that's what we're up to. I'm playing Kicker. Actually, I had the last game this morning, and I didn't manage to beat my score that you know about. Unfortunately, yeah. I did try. I tried my hardest and couldn't do it. I also uploaded a video of me playing. Have you seen that? I have seen it. Yes. Was there any swearing in it? I didn't have the sound on. Oh, good. I, I think I managed to stop swearing by about the tenth attempt. Because <laughs> what I did is I just got the Mac um, I'm recording this podcast on with the uh, the video on it, and I sort of propped it on the control panel upright so it could sort of the, the camera could see the screen. So it's yeah. not the best of pictures, but it sort of it shows what I was doing anyway. It wasn't amazing. Mm. And the funny thing is, when I had when I was playing normally, I was quite calm and relaxed. I was getting a good score. I thought, oh, I must I must get the Mac in here and you know do a video so people can see how differently I pay I play. To our other good player, Phil V85, who's been yeah. really good on Twitter. And I thought I'll just, cause he plays very different to me, very, very different. Yeah. I thought I'll just put a comparison up. And every time I played it, I played like pants. Yeah. Absolutely rubbish. And I just kept getting it wrong. I just kept stopping and restarting the video. And in the end, I got, I think over half a million. And I thought well, that'll do. That's a reasonable score. I'll leave it at that. And people can just see what's going on. You only need yeah. about five minutes to see how I play. I play very similar. So I've been sort of doing that really. I think what I'm going to do now is is keep... I played on, on main because I couldn't be bothered to find my PCBs because I'm lazy. But what I'm going to do on my PCBs when I put them back in the cab, because they will go in there for a while now because I'm going to play properly, is I'm going to put them on these extreme settings because it's very good yeah. It's very good practice for when you play marathon settings. Yeah. Because marathon settings start really easily. And with extreme settings, because you don't get any... You're going to get one extra life and no more. It, it sort of helps you not waste your lives. Because mm. on marathon settings, you get an extra life every 70,000. It's quite easy to rack up a load of lives and just play and not, you know, not save your lives. And in the end, you do run out. So playing on extreme settings gives you really good practice for playing marathon settings. And then one day when I hopefully get up to arcade club again, uh, maybe go start there in the daytime, maybe do a weekend thing, yeah. is actually get them to put a um, kicker in a cab early in the morning and I'll do a marathon game, you know, do so many hours at it. And then I won't ever have to play that game ever again in my life. <laughs> be fun. Yeah, I've also been playing Kicker. I've also been playing Batsugan. Batsugan. Yeah, which was at the Batcave, and that's what's turned me on to playing it again. It's a arcade perfect port that was on the Saturn. Yeah, the Saturn got some really good uh, shmups, didn't they? It's exactly the same, from what I can tell. Excellent. I couldn't hear the music because it was a bit noisy in there, but apart from that, it looks absolutely fantastic. Did you have telly on side? <laughs> uh, yes. So yeah. it actually plays tape. It does. Tate, yeah. sorry. Oh, brilliant. It's, is that how not, you say it? Tate? It's Tate and Yoko. Oh, Yoko. Horizontal and vertical. Oh, I didn't know apparently. Yoko. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty good, because I think some of the Dreamcast games, some of the shmups on that, you can play with the TV on the side. Mm. I think Ikaruga's got a... Um, and I think Gunbird might have as well. I think I've got settings to turn it vertical, so you can play it like the arcade yeah. would be, which is yeah. awesome. That's a really good idea, that. It does improve it. Absolutely. I've also been playing Sega Rally. I've got into that. All right, okay. I can almost complete it because there is only three tracks, and I'm right at the end of the third track before I run out of time. There's only three tracks? Yeah, on the original Sega Rally, yeah. All right. It's a bit of a shame, a bit of a short game, isn't it? I thought that, yeah, because you have memories of it being this massively fantastic and successful game, and it was. Yeah. But only three tracks, yeah. You'd think it'd have at least half a dozen, wouldn't you? It, it takes, I bet it took a lot of money to, to finish it. I would have thought, you know, to get good enough on that final track. Mm. You know, you've got to be perfect. You can't bump into anything or slow down or anything, really. 
I can't even do that in a normal car. <laughs> and I've been playing Banku Paniku. Banku Paniku. Banku Paniku. Bank Panic. Have we? I've forgotten how many. We've done. Four, this is the 41st podcast, isn't it? Number 41, yeah, my age. Have we done. Liar. <laughs> Banku Paniku before? No, we haven't. Ooh. Ooh, misses. Maybe we'll do that in the future <laughs> then. That's the definite, isn't it? Yeah. So I've got I've got a few Banku Paniku PCBs. There's nothing else like it. Yeah, and I've got a nice three-button cab with nothing in it at the moment. I could just pop that right in there. Yeah, hmm. very. Maybe, maybe I'll get it in there and have a bit of practice for a few weeks' time. I remember hmm. it was on No Quarter Podcast, Carrington and Mike's podcast, yeah. at least a year ago, I'd say. And I played it when they introduced me to it for solidly for about two weeks, and I loved it. Mm. And I just went back to it yesterday, not so good as I was, but... It's a damn good game. It's a very good game. That's why I actually bought an original PCB of it. I wanted that mm. properly. Do you know what else is good? And I know you've told me about this before. What? Geometry Wars 3. Oh, we've been playing that. What, what have you been playing on? On a, At the Batcave on a PSTV. Oh, okay. On a big projector. Those PSTVs are quite fun. And for one mm. reason, is you can play Jeff Minter's TXK you can. on that, on a proper telly. You can. And they're quite cheap as well, aren't they, these PSTV things? I think it's only like, yeah, 40, 50 pounds, something like that, yeah. Hmm. I haven't got enough time to play consoles. I don't play my PS3, even. No, I thought I, I could buy it on PSN, but I just like solidly arcades at the minute, and I haven't got time to play all those games. I'll tell you I'm what pre- is really nice, though, when you're talking about Geometry Wars. I haven't done it with three, but I've got the first game on PC, and I've yeah. actually got that on my main cab. There's a secret little button press. I, I set it up. If you press... I think it's um, button one and six on the other controller together. It boots into Geometry Wars. Yeah. And you can play it with two joysticks, and it is marvellous. It's really, mm. really cool, really nice. That would make a great arcade cabinet, any of the Geometry Wars games. Yeah, it's taking the old-style arcade aesthetic, you know, simple, immediate, blasting fun, and then it adds a little twist to it. Geometry Wars 3 adds all these little... Oh, there's loads in, in there. ...mini quest kind of things, you know, sort of dodging levels and timed levels and boss levels. Yeah, brilliant. Really it, good It does game. get quite complicated because there's quite a lot of extra terrain. So instead of just being on one screen that, that scrolls a little bit to the left, right, up and down, you're mm. on like a sphere or a cube. Yeah. And you're going around it. It sort of reminds me of Mario Galaxy. Where you, yes, you, you sort yeah. Of, and it, it disorientates me a bit, but I do love it. Even though I'm not very good at it, I do love it. But mm. Geometry Wars 2, I think Geometry Evolved on the, P- on the Xbox 360 was perfection. That's my favourite one, I think. But number three is pretty groovy as well. Mm. So if you like twin stick shooters, go get it. Go for that, yeah. Okay, are we ready to do some arcade news from around the world and local areas? What was that? I've got a soundboard. Go on, do another one. I might do one of these. I might give you a smack in the chops. <laughs> or I've got a new horn. Oh, that's good then. Yeah. So you might hear some of these stupid things later on. Oh, dear. Right, the first piece of news is sad news. I know it's not exactly arcade, but it is related to the whole gaming world. Mm-hmm. And it's been all in the gaming press. Nintendo president Satoru Iwata passed away at the age of 55. Rest in pixels. Yeah, very sad news. Very uh, young age to die as well, actually. Um, yeah, a lot of games we probably wouldn't have if we didn't have Nintendo mm. and this guy doing all these things. 
And on the same note, another sad news, um, Exidy founder Pete Kaufman. Notable games released by Exidy include Circus, Death Race, very close Death to Race. me, Starfire, Venture, Pepper 2, Mousetrap, Targ and Spectar. May he rest in pixels as well. Yeah, obviously not as high profile as Iwata, but yeah. Yep, bit of a sad loss. A visionary. Right. Our friends at the Centre for, for Computing History have a lot on in July. Okay. And I've just clicked on the site to find out what, because I've forgotten. There's a Game On Guided Tour on the 24th. Game On, is that the exhibitions? I've been to one of them before. Video games have progressed from simple black and white pixelated play to immersive filmic epics that revival blockbusters. How did this happen? And it's a 30-minute tour through their history. Oh, sounds quite fun. When's the 24th? What day is that on? Well, we're currently on the 19th, are we? Yeah, 19th. So it's next Friday. Uh, I don't know if I'll be able to get to that. I'd like to have gone to that if it was a weekend, proper weekend. A Friday, I've got a load of stuff on, actually. It's a bit of a pain. On the Saturday, they've got Nintendo Life Gaming Night, ah. which I suspect Alex may be going to. I think there. he may have something to do with that, our Alex. Yeah. And the following week, they've got an electronics lab, build a Pong console. That sounds fun. Ooh. I've already built a Pong console, my Pong Cube. I saw it at NERG 2014, and it was brilliant, yeah? Yes, I doubt that, and it was still working then as well. Isn't that working? Uh, no, I think it is. I think it broke down when I come back. It works again. Now. I did I did push a screwdriver in there, and it made it work. Oh, is that how you fix them? Yeah. Ah. We've also got the top 10 highest-grossing arcade games of all time, and this is from Dragon Pin Girl, who sent it to us. And this is quite an interesting uh, article, which is on our show notes, about the highest-grossing arcade games, how much money they took. And it's staggering how much money these games made, and some of them are still making to this day. Yeah, all the normal suspects are in there. Donkey Kong, Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, Space Invaders. But some of the others, right? Asteroids, that's in there. Yeah. Some are like NBA Jam. I like NBA Jam sandwiches. Yeah, I think that was really, really popular in America. Yeah, 20,000 cabinets. They only wow. sold 20,000 cabinets as opposed to like 400,000 Pac-Men. Mm. And it still made, adjusted to today's figures, $1.7 billion. Oh, my Lord. Well, that's I if, you're 20, putting, if you're putting a quarter, maybe even 50 cents in, because it's quite a later game, four times with four people playing, I'm sure there's, there's money to uh, continue as well. Yeah. They would make a lot of money, wouldn't they? So that has made a lot of money, hasn't it? I, I've never played it. Because it's, it's basketball, it's not really big in the UK. We wouldn't have seen that game, really, would we? No, there is one at Arcade Club, but I've never oh, really, really played it. Maybe we should have a go at that, then. Might be fun. Yeah. And the Mortal Kombat's as well. Mortal Kombat 1 yeah, and 2. Yeah, they made a stack of money, apparently. 24,000. These are sort of best guesses, I think. 24,000 cabs sold. Yeah. $748 million. Wow. Revenue. Wow. I suppose Street Fighter 2's got to be in there, hasn't it? It is, yeah. yeah That's in there. Because there's Street Fighter 2, which is obviously quite popular, and then there's the later versions as well, and the, and the Alphas and EXs and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, the first one's in there with the, I think it's called the Championship Edition, where they slightly yeah. modified it a little bit. Yeah, see, yeah, that was the second one from World Warrior, wasn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Next, we have a Kickstarter about Midway's 1990 output. Okay. And it's, I think they're going to do a documentary on it if they get the money, and it's already going very well. They've still got a month to go. We can put a link in. Yeah. Uh, Eugene Jarvis is involved in Midway at this point. Yeah. Uh, so Smash TV was a game that was released during this period. Well, NARC, you remember the, yep. 
the one with amazing. Gra- I remember being amazed by the graphics of Narc in the arcades. The explosions were really good on that game. Yeah, I remember. Mortal Kombat, NBA Jam, yeah, Revolution X, Terminator Two, Gun Game. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to get money for a documentary on that. Oh, okay, that'd be interesting. I love the documentaries. Mm. That'd be great. Mm. And we got another thing here inside Shanghai's hardcore gaming heartbeat and this is from Lewis at the Batcave and I'd look at this and it's quite interesting this is uh, a Chinese arcade yes Uh, everyone always goes on about Japanese arcades and Tokyo and all this sort of stuff but it's big in in Shanghai as well and Mm. these guys are like top top shoot 'em up players aren't they yeah, it concentrates on just a couple of these games, well, I think four or five gamers that are into the STG shooting games. Yeah. And they're, they're doing, have you heard of double playing? Where you're playing both characters in a game at one guy, one one human is playing both characters in a game at the yeah. same time. I've seen someone complete Ikaruga playing yeah. both the ships, the black and the white one, and then at the same time. And it's, I don't think I could program a robot to do that. So how yeah. the heck these guys do it, I do not know. So they play both players at the same time. Yeah. Like they must have joysticks with, with triggers on, surely. No. What? No, they're just sat at a candy cab playing normally like... <laughs> it's amazing. How do they... Am I, I'm confused. Yeah, these these guys are world-class players. They've, they've thrashed all our Western records and they're very close to the Japanese records. And no one's ever heard of them. They just keep themselves to themselves. You know what these guys need, don't you? Yes, I do, actually. Go on. <gasps> That's probably the wrong kind of crowd. I wasn't isn't it? expecting that. <laughs> also, Glasgow's having a retro arcade cafe called Megabytes. And it's been open on the 18th, which was yesterday, I believe. Yes. And this sort of stuff is very welcome. Um, if I get anywhere near Glasgow, I'm definitely going to drop in there and have a look around. Yeah, they've got a few cabs and a few consoles. There's a f- there's a couple of pictures appearing on Facebook from our Scottish friends that we met at NERG. Oh, excellent! And it's, it sounded like it was a really good day stroke night. Yeah. Oh, cool. I and think old John Bud went there, I expect. He did. Yeah. 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 Cool. And there is a huge, huge arcade and gaming festival on the 30th of July to 2nd of August in Pittsburgh, America. Oh, I wish I was there for that. And they reckon it's the biggest one ever. I'm not sure. It says, right, there's 700 arcade and pinball machines, over 2,000 retro game consoles, tabletop Whoa. games, and a showcase of new products by game developers, a full lineup of seminars, magicians, wow, live musicians, balloon artists, ooh, balloon artists, face painters, and competitions op- of offering over £110,000, even, in prize money. Wow. And it's been billed as the biggest sort of expo ever. I don't know if it is, but 700 machines is a lot, isn't it? Never mind the machines. What would you have your face painted if you were there? I would have it painted with a big sort of World War II aeroplane right across my forehead. I'd have a Space Invader, I think. Would you? No, no, I'd have a Puka from Dig Dug. I'd be a Dig Puka. Dug. I'd have some big... Big googly uh, yellow glasses put on me and made me face painted like a tomato. <laughs> that brings us on to our next bit of news. Good segue, that. It does indeed. How yes. good am I? I didn't even well realise. Well done, well done, sir. Wow, you know what I need for that, don't you? Mm. Maybe not. <laughs> You're not used to this soundboard I'm yet, not. I'm rubbish at it. I want mine. I want one. Anyway, two of our favourite games are on the cover of this month's Retro Gamer. What are mm. the chances of that? I know, they've got good, a massive aeroplane on there for 1953, whatever that game is you like. Yeah. And they've got a, a thing on Dig Dug. 
And mm. I started reading it the other day. I downloaded it on, on a thing called Readly on the, I, on the iPad. I was going into London on, on the train the other day, going into the centre of London to go and watch a film. And I was reading it, and I haven't got to that bit. I was reading all the other pages in between. But I haven't yeah. got to that bit yet where it does dig dug. I think I got to the 1942 bit, and I, was, I think I was disagreeing with somebody. Oh, Sean wouldn't like that. Yeah. But yeah, really good, interesting uh, article. They said 1943 is a far superior game. That's what it was. And I went, oh, no, no, he won't like that. He won't like so I've, that. I've binned it. Yeah, I could hear, you, I could hear, you, I could hear you, you muttering and, and ripping the pages up from where I was. So I've had to go and get away. another one, another mag, and I've been that as well. But I've calmed down now. I'm a third one. I'm going to read it. Yeah, you're just going to rip those pages out and put them in the bin and keep yeah. the rest of the magazine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a, there's a tournament coming on, a, a Pocken tournament. We mentioned this before, didn't we? Yeah, it's the arcade game. Pokken Tournament, Bandai Namco's arcade fighting game, based on the Pokemon franchise with a bit of Tekken mixed in. It's had its official release on Japan last Friday the 17th. Excellent. Well, yeah. we knew it was coming. Mm. If you've got Pokemon and then you've got anything else, they're going to try and mix them together, aren't they? I like the name, Pokken. That's pretty cool. Mm. Also, Wreck-It Ralph 2 has been confirmed. They are making it. Mm. it really cool. Well then, let's get on and do some pickups. Do you want me to do my pickups first? Yeah, go on. What have you got? I've got loads of them, right? Yeah. There's 34 of them in a pack. Right. And they're called Custard Creams. Oh, God, not this again. Yeah, we've had such a lot of feedback on Twitter about Custard Creams and you, you <sighs> posting rubbish pictures of Marks and Spencer's biscuits. The rubbish. That's because I'm of a higher class than you. <laughs> right. We'll have none of this. We're an arcade podcast. We're yeah. not talking about flipping biscuits, cookies right. to everyone else. Can I tell you what, though? Yes. Wife has bought me three of these big packs. I think they're on offer, right? Ugh. So in the, in the unlikely event that there is a zombie apocalypse and you can't get out of the house, I am sorted for custard creams. Okay. Now, enough of this biscuit talk. Yeah, go on, move on quickly. So you've not got anything arcadey yet? No, I've got a new pad. A new pad? Yeah, we can write arcadey things on. Is it an iPad? No, it's a pad. It's got 80 sheets, and you write on it. Okay. I'm glad to see you're keeping up. Yeah. I've got the Space Duel PCB, or the Space Duel, as I like to call it. Mm. Uh, still not working, but hopefully uh, I'll change that soon. I also bought a Kung Fu Master, sorry, Kung Fu Master mm. PCB. Because you know I love playing it at, at Nerg. You did. And uh, it's not arrived. It's supposed to have been here Friday. Um, hopefully when I get back to work tomorrow morning, it'll be there waiting for me. It's got all the, uh, the adapter ready to go in a jammer machine. And I'm going to find out exactly how these flipping controls in this game work. There's been a little tiny argument on UK VAC about whether this game is an eight-way game or a four-way game. Ah, right. I think it's an eight-way game because you've got to be able to jump the diagonal up and left or diagonal up and right, and then when you do the kicks, you do the jump kicks. Because on the, the end of the first level boss, I always jump into him with a kick and then pummel him and usually get away with that and hit. So you must be able to use diagonals, but... When I played it on main, you sort of running along and you do a diagonal jump, no problem. And you you can't do one again. You've got to sort of muck about going back and forwards, and and you've got to be running again. And it's a bit weird. So I'm thinking that main might not be emulating it quite properly. So mm -hmm. I thought I really want to complete this game. It's one of the games I think I can I can loop. 
And I nearly did it at NERG. So I thought, right, I'll buy a PCB. I used to have one years ago and sold it silly. And I found one for £60, which is a bargain. Delivered everything with the adapter and everything. It's quite a good price. So I thought I'd get yeah. that. And uh, Mark Singleton, Singy UK, who helps out at the, uh, the arcade club, swears blind it's a four-way game. And then when they, they set up the machine for NERG, where one of James or Andy's machines, they had it set to a four-way. I thought, this is wrong. It's got to be an eight-way because they, they changed the gate on it to a four-way. And if yeah. you did do a diagonal hard enough, you could actually hit the two micro switches at the same time. It's not a gate with actually, it does physically stop you, but if you push it a little bit harder, it will hit the two buttons, the two switches together. Yeah. And he was saying that it's actually quite a good player at it as well. He was saying it's unplayable with an eight way because you, you make the diagonals by accident. But I'm thinking uh. if you've got a sloppy stick, you may do that and you may want to, you may jump when you don't want to jump and that would make it a real pain. But it's the same kind of thing as Green Bertie. When we played Green Beret, Mm. You use a diagonal up to do a jump in that, and I had no problems with that at all. So I'm going to have to wait until the, the, the PCB comes, and we'll try it out. But I'm sure it's an eight-way game. And when I complete the game, and I'm victorious, I will yes. be right. Otherwise, I will eat my arcade hat. Yes. So that's uh, on its way. I've also, Sarge has got us a trackball, and he's also got some spinny parts, spinner for mm. poly spinner, which I've now called it. Excellent. So I can make that box up for our uh, optical playing, which we will need to do in the future. Because I need a smaller trackball to go in one of my cabinets, because they're very, very deep, the trackballs. They've got to be about two or three inches deep, and then you've got the ball on top. And yeah. it won't physically go in my cabinets, because they've only got shallow control panels, because they're, they're candy cabs. Uh, so I need a right, smaller right. one. And he's got one. I think he, he bought a naomi pool game which has got this funny um spinner on it this trackball which we use for your movement and you've got this spinner you've got a little cue on there so he's going to give me those because he doesn't want those bits he only wants the bits for mm. naomi so next time i go and see him i've got a load of parts of him as well for his uh for his naomi uh arcade bread maker we bought the other day we can have arcade bread now what does arcade bread look like it looks just like normal bread yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but it's uh mm, arcadey also bought um another audio regulator board you know i was talking about ar2s earlier for my asteroids yes. i bought yes. an ar1 which is the the smaller version for asteroids just as a spare yes it was only 20 quid so i thought i'd buy it just for a spare and i bought a new arcade bike as well but that's got nothing to do with arcades unless i stick an arcade sticker on it then it's officially arcadey oh, i've actually got those 10 pence arcade stickers haven't i stick them on and bike around your streets and say kids look at this bike listen to this podcast yeah and i'll be sent away i think mm. On that note, let's do some feedback. Yeah, quite a bit of feedback again this time. Thank you, guys. We love it. Thank you very much. This is from Bruno, Daft Nuno. Mm -hmm. Daft Nuno, not Daft Nuno. Not Daft, Daft Nuno. Daft Nuno off DLF. He's put, great podcast and great game chosen. Mm -hmm. This is on Viewpoint. Oh, what, eh? Just a minute. I thought you meant Kicker. No. Viewpoint was too hard. He doesn't know about Kicker yet, does he? Actually, could do. do anything, could do. Yeah. Mm. This is the game I play the most in my MVS Neo Geo 161 setup. For me, it's the best shooter on this console. The sprites are huge, colourful, and really give the impression that this is a 3D polygon game, and they do. Yeah, mm. yeah, the graphics were brilliant, weren't they? But he also agrees that the bosses are hard, and it's it's is easy to survive the levels between them. But he mm. thinks the isometric view makes things harder. I agree with that. Yeah. It is harder than a standard shooter, I think. It is, yeah. I found it, when you sort of learn the way through things, getting through the levels wasn't too, it was a little bit difficult, 
but you could get through it quite easily in the end when you practiced. But it was the bosses that were the hardest bit. Mm. Imagine getting to that level, was it level five boss where you get levels one, two, three, and four bosses and then another boss on top at the end? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I can't. <laughs> no, I don't want to. I watched it. It was horrid. And he's put, I never went further than stage three. I need to practice more. Mm. But I think stage three is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I didn't get to stage three. Yeah. Nearly, but didn't. I think his top was 69,500 points, which is quite good. Yeah. He says he had it on a 160 and one. That's um, like a Chinese bootleg cartridge. Yeah. But if I had a choice and I wanted to play Viewpoint, I'd do this as well because Viewpoint, I think, is quite an expensive cartridge to get on its own because it is a good shooter. It's a good game. Yeah. And the Neo Geo guys, the people who collect Neo Geo, are quite strict on what they want the whole kit. Yeah. You know, there's like the cartridge and then you get like a little um, little mini marquee and you get the box and sometimes they have shock boxes, like sort of video cases that go around them and they have different, yeah. you know, posters and stuff. So, yeah, they, they're quite expensive to buy, I think. Mm. So, Andrew Driver, Zipper, Bensonrad, and Lewis Batcave commented about the new retro gamer cover, they told us, because they realised yeah. that this is our favourite game. Thanks, guys, for bringing that to our attention. Yeah. Uh, Steve Monkey Chunk, he's, he's, this is a good idea, actually. He's put just an idea. How about a six months revisit on the podcast of high scores so we can go back to the ones that we've played and haven't played? Yeah. Once I got this this feedback, yeah, cheers, Steve. I had a quick go the other day. I put my my name on. So I was going to have a quick game of kicker. I had a quick game of eyes. Yeah. And I got my number two score because it, it saves the scores on my version of Main. And I got number two. It's a great little game. Someone is actually selling an eyes PCB on UK back at the moment. Ah. I did think about buying it. I thought, nah, you can just play it in, in Main. There's no special controls or anything. It doesn't really need to be a PCB, but it's a great little game. Awesome. You know, I have these ideas about projects I've never got time to do. This is one, is it? Yeah, when I get bored at work, what I was going to do is make a little sort of cabaret machine and do it up with the 10 Pence Arcade Podcast livery. You know, the sort of 10 Pence Arcade Podcast logo on the side and make it maybe a nice marquee up. Yeah. And have it all done sort of... Because you can actually buy now pink glowing tea moulding. Mm, I think it's lovely. got LEDs in it. Yeah. And that would look... <laughs> Awesome. I mean, I wouldn't get a, maybe get an original old cabaret, you know, sort of a generic cab. I wouldn't ever do anything to a real cab. Get a generic cab, do it up with the pink um, tea molding, the flashy up lighty tea molding, and all those bits, and then just have the ten pence arcade games we've we've reviewed on it, on on Marla or something, you know, main setup inside. Mm, do you think we should change our logo from the the girly pinky purple that Shocking we've got pink. to something a bit more manly? Do you reckon? Like you know. Blue or what, light a, blue, baby blue. A, a, red, a, a big, a big red with like fangs. Oh, I think that's probably why no one's bought our t-shirts because they're pink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we have to. We might have to do something. I'll get. I'll get our our art guy on it. Do, do you see Won't what? You? To- yes, yes. See what Tony's put on. Tony Doyle, who's selling the t-shirts. What he's put on the actual site. No. He's put real men wear pink and in brackets and crotchless knickers. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably not a good selling point, is it? Uh, no. Oh, he sold hundreds. What, when the, I say hundreds... Of the crotchless pants or T-shirts? T-shirts. When I say hundreds, I mean tens. When oh. I say tens, I mean... None. One, yeah. He, he sold two. Has he? Yeah, the ones we I bought for me and you. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's, he's sold one more, maybe? Nah, nah, of course yeah, I think he has. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So if you've got a 10 pence arcade podcast T-shirt, I'll buy you a Diet Coke if I see you in it. I think... Not you, I, Holly. Oh. I think it's Tony himself who's bought it. Ah. Man. Anyway, the the Benson of all rads, listener number four. Oh, 
you need to get these out at 4.30pm on Tuesdays for his work journey. Mm. Well, I'm very sorry about that. <laughs> well, you know what Benson Rad's going to get for that, don't you? <laughs> Hoot. Uh, he says, happy 40th birth- birthday podcast for the last one. Another great listen. So kicker is the game up next time. I smell a Vertvik win this round. Mm. Mm. I remember spotting Victor playing at the second arcade barn for a long time. I think they did have it on one there. Might have had on 60 and 1, maybe. Mm. Uh, Lay 70. Viewpoint is rock. Thanks for not posting my score. Apologies. Yeah, I missed that one. And I've been messaging people this morning on Twitter saying, have I got your correct score, just in case. Yeah. Silver Fox Sarge. Sorry, Vic and Sean. I always listen via iTunes and completely forgot to review you guys. A 10 out of 10 review coming up. Ooh. Ooh. Ah, yeah, listen to this. Can we have Digestives review in a fortnight, please? So <sighs> he's, he's into the biscuits. Digestives, for our American friends, are also known as graham crackers. Are they? They're, they're a very boring biscuit, okay? Unless mm. you dip them in coffee, then they're all right. Mm. Mm. And they're what good for making cheesecake bases. Ah, yeah. Oh, my God, we're turning into the Biscuit Podcast. Stop. No, yeah, no more biscuits until the next comment. <laughs> Listen to it last night, and it was great as always. <laughs> Not really much to comment this time, except you robbed me of two pings. Have We'll we? have to earn his other pings. Yeah. Just to clarify, I get lots of shouts and mentions. He does, because he keeps sending you free stuff to make stuff for me, which is awesome. He does, yeah. I've got him some free stuff, actually, which is I'll sort of pay him back a little bit. But that was my first ping last time. In all honesty, it was midnight when I got my ping, and I screamed like you do when your footy's team scores. <laughs> and I woke in the neighbourhood, I think. Oops. Oops. Go on, give him another ping, Vic. Go on. Go on, then. Yay! Two pings, Sarge. Is he the only person to get two pings? Uh, I don't know. I've, I've given myself a few, a few pings before. Yeah, I've. So, Mappy24, Ian Cullen of Twitter fame. Great stuff. Looking forward to future biscuits. Oh, for God's sake. Biscuit reviews, you see. We've had more biscuit reviews than bloody <laughs> arcade ones. Bourbon biscuits. No, They're the future. Shush, quiet. Even Mrs. Vertvik likes bourbon biscuits, she said. Yeah, she's misguided. Right, hooray banana. Great pop podcast, guys. Was listening to this while doing a bit of assembler work this morning. Viewpoint is indeed very hard to play. Mm. Looks fantastic, though, Sean. You need to break Vic's fingers before he gets to play kicker. I had already been playing kicker, so you have no chance. It is far too late, Eric, for that, I'm afraid. Yes. And him saying assembler work, he's working on um, converting Spin Dizzy to arcade hardware. Wow. Well, I've been following his um, bits and bobs on the UK Vac forum, and he's doing quite well. I've seen all the tile sets he's putting on there, and he's converting them to work on this hardware. It's Taito L hardware. Yeah. That's going to be brilliant when that comes out. I can't wait to play that, because I've actually got the game Puzzle, which comes on Taito L hardware. So if those guys that were doing all this hardware modification and, and tinkering about with these games, if I wanted to test them out, well, I've got my own ROM burner, I can do that sort of thing. That's excellent. Mm. Otto the Mad and Evil. Some of the best one-liners today. Harder than Satan's balls. Another great podcast, guys. That was me referring to Viewpoint. Nez for Life, Phil. Another great listen, guys. Any chance on a Vector special in the future? Gotta love Vectors. Yeah. uh, I think the Vectors are going to come in when you come and visit me next, Mm. whenever that may be. Because yes. you need to play vectors on a vector machine, really, don't you? 
Yeah. Mind yeah. you, they've got Vector Machines uh, Arcade Club, haven't they? Yeah, they've got Asteroids, got Black Black Widow. Battlezone? Battlezone. Asteroids Deluxe, they've got? No, no, it's not there, no. Oh, okay. They have, they swap around a lot. That's why the place is so awesome. Star Wars, Star Wars cockpit. Oh, I'm sure they've got a PCB. They can just pop in the old asteroids whenever they fancy. Probably. Yes, yeah, so they've got a bunch of uh, vectors. Maybe maybe one night when you go there, when we do one, you can just play them there, and then mm. maybe play them in Maine when you get home. But, yeah. You know, do the because the, I think you'll play better on a proper cabin because they've got the controls in the right places and stuff as well, haven't they? Playing asteroids in Maine, the the luminosity of certain things is just way off and I've messed with it and I can't get it right. Yeah. Do you know what? Let's just go on a little sideline for a minute. Something I forgot to tell you earlier about what I've yeah. been doing today and yesterday. Now you said about the, uh, you know, the, 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 the very unique effect you get from vectors, you get the glow and the phosphor and the trace, you know, effects all this sort of stuff. Cause it's a vector monitor rather like a yeah. vectrex. You don't really get that. When you play on a computer, or you usually play on an LCD, or if you're fortunate enough to still have a CRT, you can get a little bit better. But it looks too crisp and too mm. new, and it looks emulated, it doesn't look real. My idea was, is to make a cab, another one of my pie-in-the-sky uh, adventures, mm. is make a cabinet with a really, really sharp LCD screen. You know, like one of these 4K monitors, these really, really cool new ones. Right. And use... The HLSL settings on main. I can't remember what that acronym means, but basically it's like shader effects and you can, Mm. you can actually make effects. So it makes the screen look like it's, it's bent around like a, an old CRT tube, a sort of curved tube. Yes. And you can also put on the vector glow and you can have like sort of, um, stream effects, you know, sort of like vapor streams. And apparently Mm. it looks very, very close to a vector. And then wow. if you if you made this cabinet like I was thinking of, and then you put like a smoked plexi glass in front of it, like a lot of the old cabs used to have, it would hide the screen. I think it would make it look even more authentic. Yeah. But I was trying to get the HLSL settings to work on my on my main PC in the front room, and I've used them before, and I was quite impressed with it because it, it makes it look the way I had it set was just standard settings, and it was like um, it was like quite a sort of faded model. It looked like it was an old knackered. You know, arcade model, it's all faded, needed a cap kit and all this sort of stuff. And it had the scan lines and the, the bent effects and the sort of, you know, and it looked really good. I thought, oh, that's pretty cool, but I won't, I won't use that for playing all the time. I'll, you know, I muck about that. I tried to mess about it the other day and it will not work. Mm. I, I've turned the HLSL settings on in MAME. I'm using MAME UE64, the latest version as well. And it just plays the games as normal without any effects on. I cannot get the thing to work. So if oh, any listeners, weird know what I might be doing wrong. I've got a, a, re, a really good 3D card in there, video card, quite a modern-ish video card. I've got all the net framework settings all set up. I've got the DirectX libraries all set up. Everything's, you know, all as it should be. I can't get the damn thing to work. Strange. It's bugging me a bit. Try it on yours mm. later on. HLSL settings, it's in main. You can see them, no problem. I think it's on the mm. the screen settings or something. I think I have looked at it before, and it... it... I, well, I wasn't impressed with it really, but yeah, it makes the colours bleed a bit and stuff like that, doesn't you it? Can, you can tinker with it forever. There's so many different yeah. settings you can change on it. And it needs quite a high-end PC to run because it's obviously all these scaling things and, and shaders mm. on top of actually running the games at the same time. So you've got more sort of um, CPU usage and maybe memory usage and graphics memory and all this sort of stuff. So you have to have quite a high-end PC to run it, I think. Mm. Anyway, back to yep. feedback. 
1637 thinks it was a good, strong podcast, and then they seem to be improving, but Viewpoint didn't float his boat. Mm-hmm. He's looking to buy a cab, like yourself, and he's started a discussion thread on the UK VAC forums. He's buying a Woody and a Candy. Best mm-hmm. of both worlds. I agree with some reviewers and think that there really should be a... Uh, <laughs> yes, get in, Neil. Biscuit, biscuit of the Week, mini-review in future podcasts. Yes. Maybe we could start with the King of Crumb, the Chocolate Caramel Rich Tea. Oh, yes, baby. King of Ch- yeah, I'll check that one out, Neil. Thank you. Put that on the list, Vic. <sighs> oh, my Lord. We can't have a list for flipping biscuits as well. Obviously, at the top, you've got them beautiful vanilla delights, the custard creams. And at the bottom, you've got them Marks and Spencer things. You just can't... They're not biscuits. They're chocolate. The chocolate You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to edit all this out and just put in dark chocolate hobnobs. Oh, all right. Get yourself out of the gutter and have a dark chocolate hobnob. Now, stop it. it. Yeah, we've, we're finished on them now for this time. You said that last time. We apologise for any OT interference. <laughs> He also liked the podcast image and the fact that we published his Nerg story on the site, which we did. Had he known it was destined for such a worldwide audience, he would have checked his grammar again. I think it was really well written, so don't worry, now. Yeah, I do. Finally, I, re- I recently snagged an Amazon bargain, purchasing 1,001 video games you must play before you die book. I've got it. It's very good. For one whole English penny. He got that cheap. Uh, which means I'm going to be able to drip feed you with a couple of forgotten gems and not in the arcade for some time to come. Excellent. Sorry, no time to play this week's game, so no score, and someone else will have to be last this week. Hopefully we'll have a chance on next week's game, so please pick a good one. We have done, we think. Well, yeah, I think so. Mm. Right, this is another guy, uh, guy we were speaking to, well, who mentioned stuff to us last time. Mm-hmm. We called him Jap Jack, right, and it's Jap J-A-C. How wrong we were. Yes, yes. And he's put, how about getting the genre of SSPs? Single screen platformers, oh, some, yeah. some props also in a future episode. Yep. Not not just the cliche titles like Bubble Bobble series, but stuff like Snow Brothers, Rodland, and the MVS ones. And also Head Panic, Tumble Pop, Don Ducker Don, mm-hmm. Bomb Jack. We've seen you've covered Bomb Jack. We've done Bomb Jack, yeah, it was a good game. Yeah, you and Alex did it a long time ago, a good yeah. game. Bomb Jack Twin, Whoopee, Whoopee. Oh, that's Toa Planet. Yeah. Diet Go Go, what's that? It's similar to Tumble Pop, I think. It's a similar mm. game, yeah. I know what he means. Penguin Brothers, Funky Jet, them three I've never heard of. Funky Penguin. Jet, ow! Wow, chicka, wow, wow! Wow, Funky <laughs> and Jets. <laughs> Joe and Matt Returns, that's a good game. I don't like that game. I had that once, got rid of it. Uh, uh. The latter, this is on about Joe and Mac, was briefly on location at Gooch Street's Casino. Oh, good old Casino. I remember Casino. When it was I never went. There. I never went. It's an awesome Back. little place. Back in the day, and we all became utterly addicted to it. I've never seen it on location in the UK since, and not even in Tokyo's arcades. And he's been in Tokyo's arcades. Sorry, he's been living in Tokyo, from what I can gather, for the last 15 years. Oh, you lucky get. Yeah, so he's got a, on his YouTube site, which he's pointed to here, we can do a link. We have it, done a link. He's got quite a few pictures of arcades that he's been around, and it's fascinating because some of them go back to like 2003, 2004. Oh, yeah. So check that out. That's from Jap JAC, Southwest Tokyo. Yeah, I have subscribed to his YouTube channel, and I'm going to watch some more of those. They're pretty cool. I have. They're really good. Lucky dog living in Japan. Oh, how dare he. <laughs> I've got a new, a new listener here, Ed Horse. Tell me, Mr. Horse, uh, are you a professional actor? No, sir. I am a real horse. Thank you. Great episode as always. I nearly crashed a car laughing at one point. <laughs> Can't remember how now which part. 
Keep up the amazing work. I'm currently heat gunning vinyl cider off a cabinet. Oh, boring. It's tedious word, Ed. Mm. Retro Schmupper from Facebook. Another great show. Thank you. Pleasure. And that's about it for our feedback. And without further ado, let's do some shout outs. Mr. Steve Monkey Chunk again. Steve Ridley is has done us a very nice high score little intro YouTube video. So if we ever want to put videos on, uh, either any rubbish or us trying to do a high score, he's done a very nice little intro that he's actually using himself for his his kicker attempts last time. Yeah, he's done this. He said he's um, quite new to this videoing. I think they're really professional. I really like his videos. They're awesome. Yeah, it's very really good. Cool. He's got I little think. effects going on in the, in the backgrounds and all sorts. Mm. Really, our cool. little logo being smashed to pieces and rebuilding itself and that. Yeah. As it does often. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> right. This is Stuart from the Time Warp Arcade in Bridgewater, Somerset. Over the last couple of weeks, I've reached out to a couple of the people in the UK arcades and see if they had anything newsworthy they would like us to promote. And Stuart, he got back to us. Okay. And I recorded a little interview with him, which we shall put in here. My name's Stuart Tracy. I own Time Warp Arcade in Bridgewater in Somerset. It's something I've wanted to do for 15 years now, and a couple of years ago I decided to, to raise the money and go for it. It's um, one of the arcades where you pay an entry fee and all the machines are set to free play. I've uh, got about 40 cabs at the moment, but we're looking to double that within the next year and a half. Excellent. So whereabouts are you? Is it sort of in a good position, or is it a bit off the beaten track? To be honest, we're, we're quite well hidden. We, I've actually got a shop that sells sort of gaming stuff anyway, and our old landlord basically had a snooker club behind that was just empty and derelict for about the last seven years, and we came to an agreement on the rent. Uh, the only problem is it's kind of tucked back off the road. It's in the side street anyway, so unless you know it's there, you're just not going to find it. You, you kind of have to know it's here, and that's been my battle, getting people to find out we're here and, and know about us. Yeah. So what games have you got? Um... The main reason for, for even doing Time Warp Arcade is I wanted an Atari uh, Star Wars cockpit, which thankfully I have got one of. It's a little bit better around the edges, but it's uh, <laughs> most of the time. In the last year, it's broken down I think, three times so far, but we, we try and get it up and running as good as we can each time because it's pretty much our, our centerpiece for, for most businesses. Some of the other popular machines have actually got the opposite end of the scale. One of the newest machines is Aliens Extermination, uh, yeah. the twin machine from about 2006. It's probably the biggest, most expensive machine I've got, and it's it's definitely very, very popular. Obviously, it's still a pound to go in the arcade, so people tend to come in, go on that first, and, and complete it. Obviously, without having to worry about the money side of it. Other games in here, I've got Street Fighter 2, I've got Tekken 3, uh, I've got a Manx TT Twin, a Ray Racer Twin, I've got an Outrunners Twin, sadly not Outrun yet, but yeah. about half my machines are dedicated, the other half are sort of Jammer or Neo Geo Cab, so we would take the game around in those. Have you got any that we would call sort of the golden age sort of kind of thing? Have you got 60 in ones and stuff like that? I confess I do have a couple of 60 in ones up in the corner. Yeah, they've obviously got all Pac-Mans and your defenders and so on. But I could say I've got a 19 in one and I've got two of the 60 in ones. Uh-huh. Uh, I've also got my probably most vintage machine is a uh, Lunar Rescue. I've actually got a, a cocktail Lunar Rescue. Ah, brilliant. Not not the best of conditions, but it is fully working. So. Uh, ah. Right, excellent. You say you got a pool table and stuff like that to appeal for the families. That's right, yeah, we've got two pool tables, we've got air hockey, we've got table football, pinball machine as well, just one so far. Uh, we've actually got a few consoles in as well, including the Wii U, which I appreciate isn't retro in the slightest, but the kids absolutely love it. I just stick it on the carrier cart, four controllers, and there's hardly ever a time when somebody's not playing on it. It's great because the dads kind of come in and they're playing Star Wars and they're playing X-Men, and they just leave the kids to play the Wii U or they play the SNES. 
yeah, so we've got a few console dotted around as well. Um, so when's your opening hours? Is it is it open through the week or? We tend to just do weekends at the moment. It's yeah. Friday is six pm till ten pm, and Saturday and Sunday go mid midday through to eight o'clock. What's your kind of clientele? Is it what kind of age group do you find yourself entertaining? Well, this is the thing that threw us right off. But at least half my audience are under the age of twenty. I had a saying, "Would I let kids in? Would I do sort of concessions for young children?" So I thought, "Yeah, I'll do that. We're not going to get many kids in." Uh, and they absolutely love it in here. Kids love the old games. I really didn't expect it. Uh, well, again, to this my surprise, kids' parties. Like the amount of children yeah. they to do in here. They just bring them in and let them run wild for a couple of hours. Much to my horror sometimes when you see them hanging off a machine. But, uh, Brilliant. Currently, uh, how much is it to get in? We're doing a deal still. We because we I wanted to really get over the fifty mark before I sort of started charging serious money. So at the moment, I'm still only charging six pound entry. And that is for as long as you like. You can come in for an hour, you can come for the whole eight hours on a weekend. It's the same price. And you can come and go as well. So once you go in your receipt, if you want to pop out for lunch and then come back later, more than welcome. Oh, that is good value. What's this other thing? You're going to do an Indiegogo campaign that you were telling me? Yeah, I wanted to do an Indiegogo. Uh, we were looking at doing some kind of crowdfunding before we opened to try and help raise money to, to set the place up. But doing the research, I saw a lot of other places trying to do internet cafes and things like that just weren't raising the money because they had nothing to show for, for what they were looking for pledges for. So we decided to go as far as we could with our own money. To date, we've actually spent £50,000 on equipment. We just feel we need a few more machines. So we're going to do a little Indiegogo campaign, which we hopefully will raise a few thousand pounds. We're trying to get about eight to ten more machines just to kind of get us up to about 50 machines mark, which was our initial goal anyway. Unfortunately, we had a lot of problems at the start because the building's been so derelict for so long. It suffered really badly with damp and a lot of our machines suffered. My, my failure rate was a couple of weeks first, first few weeks. And I spent a lot of the, a lot of the budget was repairing things rather than actually buying new things. So your future plans are to build it up to roughly 50 machines and sort of take it from there? The, my, my target, I've, I've worked out the size of the building I've got is it could easily cater for about 80 machines with a mixture of larger dedicated and, and uprights. Well yeah, thanks for getting in touch Stuart and um, good luck in the future. Thank you very much. So yeah, Stuart said after the interview that he has six months left on his current lease at the place of the building oh. and he's very close to breaking even on the overhead so he's just in a negative situation at the minute. So if you're okay. in the area, guys, give this arcade your support. Throw your 10p's in his machines, they're well worth yeah, it. Yeah, got to keep these places alive and he's Absolutely. got lots, lots of retro goodness to love there. So yeah, go along and uh, have a good go, have a good game there. Mm. I might have to go down that end of the country in September because there's a, there's a synth pop thingy on. Oh, yeah. In the southwest. It's music you probably like as well. Because I went to yeah. one in Basildon a little while ago, which is like a yeah. Depeche Mode thing going on, loads of, uh, sort of synth bands. It's really, really good. And they're doing one down in Exmouth. I'm going to see Sean. Sean mm. Mellon, a little mate of mine who's, who's really into synth pop. And he used to have the arcade barn. And we've always kept in touch and we sort of see each other for gigs and stuff. And I'm going down and stay with him and might be able to make a little detour perhaps to Bridgewater. I'm not sure how far that is from Exmouth. I'm not. Because mm, mm. Ollie Muddy Music used to live near there. Yeah. So I might have to nip in there. If I get a chance, I'm definitely going to go to. Yeah, I have to get loads of the guys, to, loads of the southern guys to go and have a good game, yeah. Yeah, it'd be pretty cool. Mm. Uh, one last shout-out. It's Sister Darth Nuno for Bruno. Before, I didn't even ask him or anything. He's given us our own little archive section on Dragon's Lair Fans Forum, mm. which is really cool. He's putting all our old um, adverts and stuff in there so people can sort of uh, look and see what episode we've done and things. That's brilliant. Thank you very much. Really nice. Thank you. Yeah, it's awesome, that. Okay, this is one you dreamt up. Forgotten Gems. 
nothing to do with midget gem biscuits. How the hell did you shoehorn more biscuit bump in there? Well, they called midget gems them things. They were. Were you planning? Were you writing this last night? <laughs> right, moving on. No Before we than... move on, have yeah. another one of these. Ow! My cheek. My cheek. You punched. You punched me in the knee. Uh, right, yeah, Jace thirty-eight from his massive long list of forgotten gems. Mm-hmm. This is a good one. Galmedes or Galmedes. I've heard of it. I don't know. I've played what's Visco. Visco make yeah. good games. Visco nineteen ninety-two, a very cool-looking vertical shoot 'em up. Ooh, because Visco made quite a few games on the Neo Geo. Did they? Yeah, they made quite a Did few. They? You know, they some ah. good games. Yeah. Ooh, I thought I'd investigate that one. Yeah, that look. It looks really good, actually. It looks a bit Truxton-esque with um, less cool graphics, but yeah. Cool. Uh, this is from Grobder, not the game Grobder, the user listener Grobder. Uh, Saint Dragon from Jalico, nineteen eighty-nine. Mechanized Moo. Mm. <laughs> hey, I used one properly. Yay! There's a cow. That, from what I remember, there's a huge robot cow that appears. It looks like that could be a bull. Bull would make more sense. Have you been taking hallucinogenic love drugs again? Not for a long time now. Mm. I'm all right now. Do you know what? There's cows in Super Space Invaders 95. Yeah. There's a bit where the, the aliens come down and grab the cows and you've got to stop them nicking the cows. Yeah, and when they fall, they spin, don't they? The cows? Yeah, and they must be falling the equivalent of like 500 feet. And they land on their feet. They're like cats, you know. Cows yeah. will land on four feet <laughs> and others. If you're calling me mad, that's just in, that's just insane, Vic. Yeah, Griffo eighty three X Skywolf from Kyogu nineteen eighty seven. Do you know? Speaking to Stuart about this, mm-hmm. Stuart Tracy, and he called it Skywolf. And I'm I'm looking, I'm thinking it's Airwolf. That Skywolf was a bootleg of Airwolf, okay. but but I think the UK may have only got Skywolf and not actually Airwolf. Yeah, we we I think some games we did get boots of, didn't we? Yeah, we didn't get the officials. I think they're quite expensive, or maybe they wouldn't ship the game from Japan to the UK or whatever. Mm. I don't know. Maybe they didn't have deals with international trading and stuff. I don't know. Mm. It's got quite a nice feel to it. It's horizontal shoot 'em up, and you have a roll like you do in nineteen forty two. You can roll over to oh, get right, yourself. Okay. Out. Yeah, press both buttons together. I think it's good. And it's got choppers in it. Uh, yes. Mm, I was just looking. I did have an effect for that, but I think I deleted it. Oh. <laughs> So, Mast Dev and Griffo 83X, uh, Mikey from Konami 1984. Mm. I love this game on a Spectrum, but I don't like the arcade version. How weird is that? I was playing it at Arcade Club. It is quite difficult, isn't it? You've got to sort of nudge the people off your seat with your bum. Yeah. It's a weird game. It's a weird Japanese game. It's the only game I know where you use your bottom as a weapon. Ah, no, you're wrong. Uncle Pooh. Uh, Uncle Pooh. Yeah. Uh. We have to cover that game one day. It's a really good little game with a weird name. <laughs> uh, Sarge, our mate Sarge. Beezer from Tong Electronic from 1982. Now, this is a trackball maze trap game. I think you've got to draw stuff around things. No, you've got like... It's got bees in it. I know that. It's got bees and it's like a honeycomb maze. And... I'm covered in bees! Ah! And you use parts of the maze to knock well to create i'm using my hands now because i can't yeah, explain it's not working that no Go to on. create a honeycomb and if the bee is inside it, it traps it and kills it oh okay and it does look interesting do you know what i'm not sure if we've done the side art of beezer but the cabinet mm-hmm. looks amazing 
because the mm. kit for Beza, I think they it was only a kit, and it's got side art which fits on the, the, the cabinet that's in, that's in the flyer. It's on like a Galaxian cabinet, and it mm. looks really cool. It's like full on side art with these really comical looking bees on it. Yeah. It's a really cool little game. I have to try. It. I think I've always heard about bees, but I've never played it. I bet if you saw that, you'd be buzzing, wouldn't you? Leslie, hi Leslie. He reckons Cavalon from Jetsoft 1983, a knight in a maze with a wobbly sword. You say Cavalon, I say Cavalon. Ah, uh, it was one of the first Commodore 64 games I got, so it's got a soft spot in my heart. So I didn't have a lot of money. This game wasn't perfect, but I played it to death, and I think I think I got to the top tower in it, but never did it on the Commodore. It's quite a fun little game. It reminds me of another. A Namco game. I can't remember the name of it now. It was called Tower of Druaga. Well, you, you saw a little maze game, and you go around, and you've got a wobbly sword. It looks like mm. it's made of rubber because he sort of wibbles it around, and you kill the blob. Is it the blobs you kill off? Am I thinking of the Namco game? Y- yeah, Cavalon's got knights that you attack. Oh, okay. you, you can you can fire bullets in Cavalon. Okay, it, it's the slowest, weediest bullets ever, but you can do little lines. Yes. Ah, oh, Neil sixteen thirty-seven. You know what he's chosen, don't you? Banku, Banku, Banku. Boy, yep. I've now got my. I've said it so much. I've got my son saying it. It is an awesome. We will do that. Maybe that'll mm. be your one for the next one. The next one. The next one. Next Could one. be. Hmm. Mm. Right. Here's my one. This is a game called Shanghai. Uh, I had mm. this on the computers back in the day, and it had two sequels: a Shanghai two and three as well. It's a simple point-and-click tile matching game based on mahjong. You don't have to know the rules of mahjong, which is quite complicated. It's just. There's loads of these games on PCs and mobile phones and tablets nowadays where you, you get a, a tile and you, it's on the top level and then you find another tile which is on the top level and you click them and they disappear. It's yeah. a really easy, relaxing game to play. I think it is time, but I think you can turn the timers off and stuff. And it's really cool. And when I was in Japan for my honeymoon all those years ago, I saw some people playing on Candy Cab, you know, like Astro Cities and, and Blast Cities and all this lot. And they were touching the screen with these games. So they must yeah. have had touchscreen games, arcade games, you know, on big 29-inch monitors yeah. to play these games. I'm not sure if they were playing that particular game, but I saw guys touching the screens. I was thinking, wow, I've never seen, you know, touchscreens on arcade machines before. You see them on those, you know, those bar top things in, in pubs and stuff where you, you're playing the silly little games for you know, winning money in the gambling, gambling games. But I've never seen a proper arcade game with a touchscreen. So that is really cool. Never saw them anywhere else, though. Wow. Right, my one. Yes. I've put in the notes, isometric fantasy slasher I've forgotten the name of, help listeners. But I've remembered it. Oh, I was going to say you need help. Yes, I do. No, don't. No, no, I've remembered it. It was called, it still is, Dungeon Magic. Dungeon Magic. Never heard of it. Me and um, my son used to play it when he was a little boy, and we could credit through it. And it's got large characters, and it's a 3D maze, and you get to chest and you open them. And it's oh, what's it similar to? I can't think. But it's, yes, like an, uh, is there one called Gate of Doom or something where you walk yes. around? Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah, it's oh, similar right. to that. And I always remember the booming voice where you get a you get a power up because you just powered up. So I've had that in me mind for the last couple of days, trying to think what is that game. Anyway. And yeah, Dungeon Magic. Dungeon I can't Magic. remember who it's by even, but it's just come. Hang on. Ah, it is by Taito, nineteen ninety three. That's my forgotten gem because I really enjoyed that one. I think you should just call it Isometric Fantasy Slasher. 
Mm. A bit more catchy in it. Yeah. Let's go and have a coffee. Let's have a musical interlude. And what is this musical interlude, old chum? This is from my game of the moment, Batsugan. All the stages have good music, but this is from stage two. Let's get on to our revered featured game review. Yeah, the game is called Kicker, as we know. But before we start, I've written a poem. Okay. More of a limerick, actually. It's about you playing Kicker. You're excelling yourself this week. Because uh, I know you've beaten me, so I thought I'd do a funny poem. There was a young man called Vic who gave all the bad guys a kick. He'd leap in the air with nary a care and whip them with the end of his shoe. <laughs> <laughs> very good. In our <laughs> notes here, right at the very top before your lovely poem, uh, there's a link. Uh, it's been in the show notes for Phil V85's YouTube video. He did a video yes. of him playing. It's brilliant. Yeah. And I've put you can't... that mother f- beating me, wah, shove his YouTube up his tailpipe. That's not very sporting, is it? I think you're a bit angry when you wrote that. <laughs> it's only a joke. <laughs> or is it? You decide. Yes. Bab, bab, bab. You need one of them. Get a bab, bab, bab I'll put one of them in. Well done. So Kicker was published by, Sha- by Shaolin monks in the 12th century AD, controlled by two nunchucks and some chopsticks. Have you been Sorry. messing with these notes again? I've been editing your notes. Oh, you swine. Or Konami, 1985, a four-way stick game and two buttons, jump and kick. Uh, the PCB uses the Konami standard of the day, which was called Konami 36. It shares it with a load of other games like Scramble and Turtles and uh, Green Bertie and some other cool games. Yeah. Frogger. The game was also known as Shaolin's Road in the West. I used to play this as a kid at my local school youth club. It was downstairs in the disco area. They had a Donkey Kong Junior 2 table upstairs near the food bit and an upright track and field. We all used to play track and field at lunchtimes. We used to nip in there for an hour at lunchtimes. 
And a mate of mine would do the running because he had cannon arm fingers like John Studley. And I used to do the jumping. I was quite precise with the jumping. We used to eat pot noodles and quaffing Diet Coke for the whole <laughs> hour. They used to yeah. have to kick us out because we were still playing. Because it was one of those, they had the dip switch settings where it didn't just play once through. It played through and you kept looping it. And we just yeah. kept looping it like all day, basically. And this game, Shaolin's Road or Kicker, uh, is supposed to be a follow-up to Ya Kung Fu. Mm. Uh, it doesn't play like Ya Kung Fu. Ya Kung Fu is a, a one-on-one fighter, which is a really good little game. I loved that on the Spectrum. absolutely loved it. And we're also, this week, doing something different. We're playing on the Twin Galaxies Extreme settings. Yes. And they are, you only get two lives to start with. You can only win one extra life at 50,000, and then no more after that. And it's on the hardest difficulty settings. This is also a vertical game. And it's also a favourite of mine. Mm. Uh, type of game... Uh, similar to school playground fights without the acrobatic high kicks and flared green pants. It's you again, isn't it? Yeah. I think you'll find I always wore green pants to school. Did you? I could do high kicks all the time, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you not get beaten up a lot? No, I did go to ninja school in Hong Kong. Ah, well done. Uh, The game's quite unique. It's sort of a platformer. Uh, It's like a three-leveled platformer, and you can jump up and down the levels freely. There's little gaps between the levels. You can fall down and land on your head. And the screen actually scrolls a little bit to the left and a little bit to the right, say so half a screen. Mm. So the screen's about two screens wide, one in the middle and half per side, I reckon. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, so, so Jap JAC, we're actually doing one of the games he's asked for. Yeah, Scro- yeah scrolling platform. I mean, yes, we meant that, didn't we? Yes. Yes, yes we, we did. Yeah, yeah. Before he even told us we were doing it, yes. We knew. Your name is Wan Piao, apparently. Is or, it? Or Kicker, or sometimes Lee. <laughs> Dave. Dave yeah. or Jim, Phil, I don't know. And you've encountered some roughly tufty triad gang and they've trapped you in their temple or some other nonsense. It's just a game about kicking stuff, really, isn't it? It is. In your face. Kick it in your face, actually. Okay. <laughs> well, there are five different levels to this game which have a screen of bad, gu- bad guys to dispatch. Uh, they come out these little doorways. They sort of appear at these doorways. There's two doorways on every screen and they, they appear and they're trying to kick you and land on you and all this sort of stuff. And there's a little meter on the top of the middle of the screen, which depletes as you knock them out, rather like Time Pilot, where the little aeroplanes disappear as you as you, fill, you fill up your quota of people to kick in. Yep. And when you hit them, you knock them off the screen to get rid of them. And after you clear the level, you've got rid of all these guys, uh, your man will pull a strong man pose, and the word bubble with guts appears. Guts. Up. That makes me laugh, that guts. Why? He's got guts. I don't know. Yeah, I think he's just saying, I'm brave, I've got guts. Yeah, kicking all these dudes in with their purple and green trousers. Have uh, you seen our podcast image? It's the new very, one. It's very good. I'm and pulling like, a pose saying, guts. I'm about to kick you in the chops. <laughs> so after you've done the level, uh, you get the same level again, but with an addition of a boss. So the boss and all the minions will need to be kicked off the level. As I said, there was three levels which you can go up and down. You're on the, you start on the bottom level, you can go to the middle, and you can go to the top. There's also little gaps in there which you can, if you don't jump across them with your little jump button, you can fall on off them and land on your head, and you'll lose one of your energy points. You've got sort of like an energy bar, where you can get hit three times, and then the last time you get hit, the fourth time you're dead. You lose a life. Dead, dead, dead. dead. And in this case, you've only got two lives, and then that one extra if you get to fifty thousand. So you've got to be careful with these. And when the game starts, you do a, you finish a level, you get all your energy bar back again. So it's quite an easy game to stay alive in. But mm. on the hardest settings, it's not so easy, is it? Not so much, no. No. So on, you're in a temple, apparently, 
and all the guys come out the two doors and there's sort of eastern type statues dotted around for nice backdrops you've got like a sort of buddha in the background all these like pots and asian type things and you get the guys some have got purple trousers and they've all got moustaches all look exactly the same these guys they look a little bit like mm. you actually yeah yeah the lucky devils the lucky devils <laughs> the ladies chasing them <laughs> and uh you get green trousers guys and you can remove these guys by kicking them if you just kick them you get 200 points and they fall off the screen if you jump kick them, press jump and kick at the same time, you do a little jump kick and you get 500 points. Can I tell you something here? Yes. Right, I started playing this two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And remember the thing you told me before we finished the last podcast. We'd finish a podcast recording, we're having a chat. Yep. And you said, maximum points, always jump and kick. Yep. Which is what I was doing. I was getting on really well. And then I thought, if I'm jumping and kicking all of the time, pressing two buttons... Yeah. Why don't I map the jump and the kick to one button? Which is what I've done. Uh-oh. So... Cheat alert. I don't think it is. No, not really. I, I use three fingers to hit two buttons at the same time, so yeah. I'm always hitting them at the same time. Yeah, it's abs- I think that's absolutely fine. The problem is, when you get to second loop through, it, be- it becomes a bit of a problem. And instead of going back to the original controls, I've just left it as jump, kick, one button. Yeah. So I have struggled on the second loop through, as you will find out from the score. Yeah, there's only one little flaw with your, you know, stick and jump and kick on one button. Yeah. It's on some parts, you know, when the guys, uh, the guys run around and they can hit you by kicking you or landing yeah. on you. Or if you walk yeah. into them, you, you lose a health point. They also, now and again, they'll throw a, they'll stop and they make this funny noise and they'll throw a sword at you. Yeah. Sorry, a sword at you. Yeah. Right? And you can kick the swords, no problem, or you can jump over them. What I normally do is I jump over them quickly and then land with a kick. When you mm. press jump kick together, you do a jump kick. If you press jump and then do a kick while you're in the air, you'll land with your foot out. And if you hit anything with your foot out or anything hits you and your foot's out, you will not take a hit because you're kicking them. Yeah? Mm, so right. when they throw a sword at you and you've got to jump over it quickly and you want to land and and kick the guy, you do a jump and then kick as you land. Because if you do a yeah. jump kick, you'll kick the sword out of the way, but you'll land on the guy. So that's yeah. where your plan falls down a little bit there. Mm. I did enjoy it more like that, though. I did really enjoy it more. Yeah. But, yeah, as I say, as I got through the second loop, I thought, right, I'm going to have to go back to your original controls, but I never did. What you need is some very soft buttons. You need either leaf switch buttons, which you can press together, you know, with your three fingers at the same time, or yeah. you need some, some candy cab buttons, which haven't got, the, you know, the soft switches. You can't really do it with clicky micro switches. It's hard to press the two together and make them click down together. Yeah, yeah, I was using my X arcade for this. Yeah, that's one got clicky micro switches, isn't it? Yeah, because it's a four-way game in it, really. And yes, definitely. The other, the hoary stick was was too too Loose. sloppy, too yeah, sloppy, yeah. as you say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you can fall off these ledges and you land on your face. That's not good either. No. <laughs> Obviously, you've done that. Then, if you're saying it like that, on my face. If you if you kick the funky green gibbons, <laughs> a weapon flies out of them. Um, I think mm. the purple one is the spiky ball thingy. I think it's actually called that, the, the yeah. iron wrecking ball. It's like yeah. a big iron ball, and you kick it out. And as you kick it out, if you pull left and right on your joystick, you can control the thing. You can whiz it backwards and forwards and bring it back to yourself, and you can knock guys out with it. Yeah, that's another problem with the jump kicks, because you're, you're kicking them harder. The power-ups, the arc of the power-up as the guy dies, yeah. it flies in the air, and you can't catch it if you jump kicking. 
You can if you practice. Well, okay. Well, I the thing catch, is, we'll, we'll, talk about, we'll talk about this later on when we talk about how, you know, some little tips and tricks of the game, but I don't bother with those. Mm. So if you get a yellow ball that flies at the guys, a yellow mm. power-up, that is the the fire. And when you press your button, uh, two flames come out the side of you, two sort of like uh, flame bolts fly out the side of you, and you yep. can shoot guys. They, they only last a few seconds. And then if you get the green one, is it? You get like a, a sort of energy ball that spins around you. So as, as you walk into things, the energy ball hits them and knocks them out of the way. Yes, yeah. It looks rather like the, the little pinwheel effect when you're waiting for something on your computer to work. Mm. So they're the weapons you can get. They're handy, I think, sometimes for taking out the bosses, but I, I never use the weapons. I, I, the only time I ever get them is I get them by accident. I don't bother with them. Mm. I think they, right. they tend to slow you down. And also, I found out, I didn't realise until I read it somewhere... You know when your your weapon ends, it flies out of you like it does the yellow guys when you kick them. Yes. You can grab the you can grab the weapon again. Yeah, I've heard that somewhere. Yeah. I, I think it's quite difficult to do because you've got to be in the right place when it and it lands. Like you said, it's difficult catching them. Yeah. It's difficult catching them again. But you, apparently, you can catch them again and use them again. I'm not sure how many times you can use this, mm. but I'm sure you get hit in the meantime when you're trying to catch it if you if you try to do that. So step one, they're, they're called steps. The levels when you do a level and then the level with the bosses, that's one step completed. So it's one step for two screens. Yeah. So step one looks like it's inside a temple, like the bump on the uh, the flyer tells you about. Uh, the boss of level one is a ponytailed swine with a moustache. <laughs> he looks a bit like me, actually. I've got a big long hair. Um, yeah. He, as all the bosses, can duck. If you try and jump kick him and, and jump into him, he'll duck down and he'll hit you. He'll kick yeah. you. So the best thing to do is stand still and let him come to you. He also lobs out a throne star. I think all all the, the baddies they've got different weapons. Some of them, but they yes. will if they stop and make a noise, they'll throw a throne star at you, which can be kicked or jumped over. And they, they do this if they get too close to you. These guys need five hits. All the bosses need five hits, and you get a thousand points every time you hit them, whether you jump kick them or normal kick them. Yep. And what happens is when they they get to their last hit, they have a white line around them, rather like the ready break man. Mm. The same as you when you're on your last hit, you'll have a white line around you and the, the music will really speed up, just like this. So step two is outside the temple you were just in and there's only three layers on the left-hand side and the right-hand side has only got two because there's like a sort of um, pillar in the middle of, the, of yep. the, the, the thing you climb on. The boss is a girl in a slinky red dress. It roughly does the same as the first guy, really. She sort of ducks down and she jumps over and tries to kick you with her long legs. So it's very similar. Very similar. And there's mm. little gaps in it as well you can fall. The worst thing about this is what, what I normally get hit by her, when you sort of wait for her near the platform where there's a gap in it, yeah. if she jumps onto you, she, you'll lose a piece of energy for her landing on you and then she'll push you off the edge as well. Yeah. And that is so annoying. You lose two health straight times, away when that yeah. happens. It's very annoying. How I got the baddies, most of them, I would make sure I was underneath them or above them. Yeah. And as they jumped, yeah. I would kick them and then move down or up. That's the cowardly custard way of doing it, but that is the proper way of doing it, I think. I wouldn't stay on the platform for too long. There's one of them. Is it Brian Blessed? The guy who's Brian Blessed. Yeah. Who flames you. Yeah. Is that he's, him? He's a sod, yeah. You don't like him at all. No. But also, because we're playing the extreme settings, mm. some of the guys, when when they sort of walk towards you, they'll, they'll, sometimes they'll dive at you at a sort of like waist height to hit you. Yes. And other yes, times yes. they'll do a jump kick and other times they'll sort of jump at a funny angle. And on this level, because we're on extreme settings and it's the hardest level straight away, 
they'll jump off the top platforms and land on the bottom platform. They won't just jump down one, they'll jump down two to land on you. Yeah. So you sort of, you see them coming from the top of the screen, you think, oh, they're not going to land on me, and then they'll land on you. Mm. So you've got to be a bit careful, you've got to keep an eye on where they're going to land. But a lot of the times they land in the same places, and when you know where they land, you can stand there and just jump kick them when they land. Mm. So step three is the entrance to the temple, and it's quite clever how they do the backgrounds here, because you can actually see the temple you are in through the sort of gateway. You can see it's like really small in the background. Yeah. that. Yeah, it's one of those nice little yeah. touch. You sort of moving away out of the out of the sort of village. You know, you can start yeah. off in a temple, and you're outside a temple, and you sort of near the gates, and then you go later on and go out of it. Yeah, you think when you when you're looking at it, you think it'd be lovely to visit there, and when you do visit there, you get your head kicked in. Your head kicked in. Yeah. So level three, it's they're all the same, very similar levels, different backdrops really. There's three levels in the middle, and then two level, lower levels either side. There's a big gap in the middle where bad guys try and land on you, kick them. Stay in the middle, kick them. They, they yes. fall down two levels from the top, and you can just wait there and kick them. Boss is a masked fool from the flyer who's breathing the fire out. He breathes fire uh, on you as well. Uh, so you've got, if you get a bit too close, he's just... Uh, and you, you're toast. You lose a, a health energy for that. Step four is a great big long building. You can jump on its roof, which is the middle level, and mm. then you've got some tree branches on the high levels you can jump on as well. Uh, the boss is a, an idiot who lobs out this chain thingy like Rygar. Yes. He's got quite a long reach on him as well, but uh, mm. yeah, he's a bit of a swine. And the last step, step five, before it loops, looks like entrances to caves mm. uh, with gaps you can fall off, obviously. And it's another boss who it definitely is Brian Blessed. Yeah! That's Brian Blessed, yeah. And he'll spit hot stuff at you as well. Toasty! <laughs> and you can see in the distance the temple you're at ages ago from the first level. You can see it way in the distance. Really nice little effect. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, on the top left-hand corner it is. Ah, right. You start again, you loop the game, so it's ten, ten screens to loop it, and guess who turns up? Hate Beak. <laughs> the Rock Bird of Doom. And this flying fart drops rocks on you, and you can kick the, you, you can kick the rocks. If they don't land on your head, you can actually kick the rocks. Oh, yeah. And you can kick the rocks and a combination of the guys as well, and you get a thousand points for it. If you kick more than one guy... In a jump kick, either one, three, five, a million of them, you'll get a thousand points at a time. Mm. So it's good to get more than one guy. And if you kick a rock with it, you'll get a thousand points. It's hard to do that. No, it's not. All right. It's really <laughs> easy. But the thing is, you've got to, when, when the rocks fall in, it, it will, it will, it will drop it when it's over you. So if you stand still, you'll get it on the heed. So mm. what you've got to do is keep an arm where it's landing. If you move slightly to the left or right of it and then do a jump kick as it lands, you'll kick the rock and you get 500 points for it. But, as well as just standing around waiting for a rock to fall, all the other guys are trying to kick you and land on you as well. So you've got to be manic. If you keep moving, he doesn't normally drop a rock on you and land on you. It will just drop and you'll miss it if you're moving around. Mm. But, and also, if you're on the top level, he will, it will land on you without fail. If you walk under it, it will land on you because you can't get away from it. There's not enough room for you to move up the way. So you stay away from the top levels when hate beaks around. So that was my strategy for the first loop. I would go to the top right-hand corner. Yeah. And camp there. That's that's how I did it. Well, you had a tent and everything. A little Caligas stove. Yeah, bit of cooking. But everyone kept it, kicking your pots over. Yeah, so I just sort of stayed in the top right of each screen. Well, you can on the on step one, step four and five, step two and three. Yeah. Step two, I stayed right on the bottom. Yeah. Step three, I stayed right at the top on the roof. And 
the guys were spawning below you, and I could just stay in the middle of there and just kick them. Okay. Yeah. Very different play from how I do it. Yeah, it was like you said, it was a bit cowardly, but I survived. But, but then that's it, the end of the game. Just keep going. Then it all went to pot when when Hatebeak turned up, which yeah. is the ruined the, your party. The bird that sings in a rock band. If you ever check that out on YouTube, Hatebeak. Yeah, it's quite funny, and it's also the name of any bird in a game from now on. I know. But also, did you notice it's it's a bit of a bug or a feature you decide that when Hatebeak drops a rock or he's got hold of it and you kick a green trousered guy or the boss, the rock disappears. I didn't notice that. Wherever it is on the screen, if it's about to land on you and you kick a boss, it will just disappear, just like that. Mm. So you're safe to hit something when when Hatebeak's around, it will just disappear. I'm not sure if it's a bug or a feature. I'm saying it's a feature because I like the game. <laughs> do you know what I'd like to do with that bot, that bird? Kick him in face. I'd like to plant my size eleven foot right up his bottom. Oof! Stupid bird! You can't hit the bird. You can't get problem. him at all. No. no. Oh, I've not tried. I don't think you can. I think he's too high up. Yeah. Oh, I hate that bird. <laughs> I hate that bird. Right then. So secrets and play tips. You had a little strategy. I my strategy was I nearly always stayed on the bottom. Mm, never I saw really, that, never yeah. really get off the bottom. Don't need to. I saw that from your video. Yeah. I don't use any of the weapons. I never try and get the weapons because I think they're just a waste of time, and you only get two hundred points every time you hit something with a weapon. And also, when you were sh- if you got like the the green shooty thing where it shoots out like, the two fireballs from either end of you, yeah, bad guys can jump over that and land on you, and you can't mm. jump kick them because when you press the the jump key, you just fire your things out. You don't do a kick. Ah, and if, right, you, if yeah. your foot's not out when something lands on you, you'll get hit. Yeah. So I don't bother with the, the, the weapons at all. And when the bosses come out, there's two ways of getting a boss. Like you said, you can stay underneath them or above them. And as they jump up or you jump down onto them, you just put your foot out and you'll kick them. And you can also kick them off the edge of a screen. So if you're near, there near the end of a screen and you kick them, they fly to the other side of the screen. They've got to come round to get you again. Yeah. And the other way of doing it, which is you can do quite a lot if you watch my videos, is I'll... When I'm just about to finish a level, there's one or two guys left. I go to the right-hand side, because they nearly always come out on the right-hand side, and they always travel to the right. And if you wait to the right, as soon as they come out, you can kick them once, do a jump kick, and they'll fall back. And if you stand still, they'll jump at you again, and just do a straight-up jump kick. They'll fall back, rinse and repeat, and get rid of them. And now and again, they might try and throw a flying star at you. You just jump over that, and as you land, kick, because they'll have jumped at you again, and kick when you land. And after five hits, they're gone. But the only mm. thing is, is the the purple and the green trousered guys try and come and ruin your party. And when they mm. start start ganging up on you, you just got to get out of the way and then wait for the boss to come back to you again and then get him on his own. I nearly always take the boss out first. And then I just try to. Yeah. yeah, that's the sort of logical way of doing it, I suppose. Do you know what I found with this game? The key to everything is the timing. You've got to get your kicks right. When I got my high scores, I got into a zone where I was timing the jumps correctly. I wasn't missing any of the kicks. I was moving out of the way quickly. But other times, you're just missing stuff, landing on people, yeah. and you're getting hit, 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 dead. You know, yeah. And that had happened for three or four games. And then the fifth game, I was all right again. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, one of the worst things about getting hit, if you, on the second level, on the boss where the lady comes out with a red dress, mm. if you jump up to the middle level, and she normally lands just on there, just where the gap is. And yeah. you jump kick. She, it fires her off the edge of the gap. And she keeps coming back at you. You can get her quite easily. But if you mistime that, she lands on you. She'll knock you off as well. So you lose two health points straight away. Yeah. And when you land on your head, 
as you get up, if another guy hits you, that's your third hit gone. You've only got one left. Mm. And the boss is trying to get you here. And then you've got a whole host of guys to get rid of. So if you're on the last health point and you're glowing and the music's speeding up and you're just about to get killed, what I tend to do is be very cautious. Stay on the bottom level and only get guys that are about to jump in down because they do a sort of little squat before they jump down and jump up mm. and just wait for them and kick them as they land. It's quite cowardly, but you do not want to lose a, a life on this game because you don't get any more after 50,000. Mm. Another thing I do, you probably saw in the video, is I hang around the doors. On some of the levels, the doors yeah. are quite close. I just hang around the doors, and when you time it right, you can kick across, jump back, kick the other one, and you'll just get rid of them really, really quickly. It's a real quick level. I tried that. Do you know what score I got? 42,000. <laughs> I think it's really easy. I just, I just sort of... It clicked with me, you know? Yeah. Not many games. I just find it really easy just to stand around the doors, especially on the, I think it's the fourth level, and also the one with the caves. I think it's the fifth level. It's really easy to stand by the doors. You've got to wait. When you see the, the little um, the power ball appear and the guy's just about to pop out the doors, there's a certain number of seconds, and then you just do a jump kick. As they come out, you get them every time. And mm. you can even time it. When another guy comes on, wait a few seconds or a second, and then do a jump kick to one, you take two guys out at once. And you just keep going backwards, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, and you do the level. Mm. That's how I do it. Practice. Yeah, I've been practicing for quite a while, so yeah. And Brian Blessed is the fifth level boss. That is a fact. Oh, and bonus plates of dinner fly about per- periodically. Have you seen those? Yeah, what is that about? It's just a weird bonus. It, like, um... A load of noodles will fly out of the yeah. bottom level and you would kick it and you get a thousand points and the thousand points would just fly off the screen. Are they noodles? Yeah, oh, definitely. And there's another one like a chicken comes out and another one with one of those sort of silver sort of domes over it comes out. Yeah. And it makes a yeah. weird little noise and you just kick them and you get a thousand points. It's mm. bizarre. Good day. And that's about it really. It's a fun little game. The world record I think is 46 million points on the marathon settings. And the world record on these extreme settings was mm-hmm. was two million points. Yeah. And the next one down is about one point four million, one point two million, is it? Yeah. And then after that, it's it's quite easy to beat. It's like two hundred thousand dollars. It's nothing much, you know. It's not some real contenders in there. Yeah, that's about it, really. So the world record is quite high. When I play this on marathon settings, my best ever, and I gave up. Uh, after five hours of play, it was six million odd, just over six million. I gave up on six million. Wow. And I had nine lives left at the end. Yeah. Right? You can loop over 255. There's no kill screen to this game. It will, it will stay at 255 and keep going. And the same as your lives, it will stay at 255 and you'll, I'm not sure if you gain extra lives or not. I think if you get the 256 life, it goes back to one life. So you've got to build all your lives up again because Estelle Gothinet, who did the 50-hour marathon of this, who got 46 million points, he got to 255 lives, and he got the last... No one knew what was going to go on. No one ever done it before. And if you listen to one of the old Broken Token podcasts, they, they were there when he did this. They were doing a, a podcast on location at this arcade, and they were talking to the armor attack guy when they did it. And he said he thought it was quite funny because he didn't know what was going to happen, whether it was going to crash or whatever. Yeah. And he did it, and he went back to one life. <laughs> and he carried on and built his lives up again. Wow. But you, you can get to 255 steps and it will keep going. And you get to 255 lives it will keep going. I think when I did mine, I got to step 146 on the 6 million points. I can't remember now. Yeah. So, so when you are playing on the normal settings, how long is it before it gets to the difficulty of the settings we were playing? How, lo- how many steps? I've got a feeling it's step 11. And then it gets to like extreme. That's what I think it gets no harder than that. But 
on the extreme settings, I noticed on level f- step 15, do you get far? Nope. On step 15, it, on, when you loop back, I think it's step 15, you loop back to the first level again. And the music sounds quicker to start with. And the guys, when they walk, they'll do a run at you. They'll run faster at you as well. So no. they sort of do a walk, then they'll do a, a speedier walk at you. And it, it, it messes up your timings a little bit. Uh, I think right. it does change. I think the levels do change a little bit on the later level. Then it must get to a certain level and it doesn't go any harder, I think. Mm-hmm. But I did notice that step 15, it got more difficult. And that's sort of about my, my limit where I got to, I think. What are your opinions on the graphics, Hobson? What do you think of it? I think it's very good. Like like you say, it's very Konami-esque of the period. It is, yeah. The guy actually looks... He's got the same sort of white top and the blue trousers that they've got in Ya Kung Fu. Yeah. So it's sort of... It looks like they pinched the graphics from Ya Kung Fu because some of the bosses look like the bad guys in this as well, don't they? It's very similar style. Very similar style. Mm. So it wouldn't surprise me if the same program as the same graphic artists. I, mm. I looked into um, who made this game, but I couldn't find anything about it. It's just Konami. Didn't find out oh. the actual authors or, or the programmers or whatever. I don't know. I like the music as well. I think that never actually... Yeah. I do play them a lot with the music off now and listen to podcasts while I'm playing these games. Oh, okay. But when I had the music on, yeah, it never got boring. It's it's very repetitive, mm. but I like it. Yeah, it's I like, do. It's like you really get into the, the whistles and the blips and the bops on 1942. You just you understand it and you get on with it and yeah. you like it. It's the same with games like Bubble Bobble. It's the same flipping music all the way through it, but I still like it. And I'll still come away humming the tune as well. Same yeah. kicker. But the graphics are really colourful. I like the idea that you've got a little bit of a story. You're moving away from this temple out to the outskirts of the city, and you can still see yeah. it in the background. So I think it's really cool. Nice little cartoon yeah. graphics. So what do you reckon of the, the control method? Four-way was okay with you, the two buttons, no problem at all there? Yeah, well, like I say, I played it with one button, but I did yeah. enjoy it. It had a good feel to it, and I don't really know why I haven't played it before. I never saw it as a kid, but I would have thought by now I would have played it either on my little bar top or in MAME or something, but I yeah. never have. But, yeah, I, I enjoyed this. I think it's a really good game. Good. I like it when you enjoy my picks. It's cool. Yes. But the controls for me, as long as you've got the two buttons quite close together... You can hit them with your three fingers. It's no problem. You can just yeah. do that. The one in Fun Spot, when I went there in 2008 and also last year, year before, the machine they've got it in, because it was only a kit, it wasn't a, a proper machine, the buttons were miles apart. You had to hit them like that yeah. with your sort of your, your, your forefinger, your index finger, and your little pinky. Yeah. It was really uncomfortable to press two buttons like that at a time. It's horrible. They need to be really close together so you can hit them at the same time. You said about you, the improvements to the game. You wouldn't like the guy falling off the edges in inverted commas. Yeah, that's stupid. That's the reason I've given it an eight out of ten. The marks out of ten. Yeah. Instead of a nine, because right, he can leap. He can leap almost high buildings and land without a, a scratch. Yeah. And then if he falls off like a curb, <laughs> he loses a point of health. Yeah, but he's he's tripping and he's going over and he's landing on his head. So that's why you lose a point. He's stupid. Well, my advice there is stay off the edge, doofus. Yeah, but it's harder said than done. No, it's not. If you stay on the bottom, it ain't. It's easier said than done. Yes. Hang on. Well, whatever. And you reckon that Hate Beak should do a as he comes yeah. on the screen? Should have a Hate Beak sample. If yeah. one of our UK VAC hackers could put a Hate Beak rock sample in when he appears, oh, they could, couldn't they? Or they could just get rid of him altogether. That'd be cheating. I know. Uh, I, the thing about hate big is when you get into the game and you get quite good, you can kick that rock quite easily, and it, yeah. you can sort of show off a bit. Oh, I can kick the rock. Yeah, <laughs> screw you, hate beak. 
I'm a rock, I'm a rock kicking cool dude. The only thing I thought you could do, because it's a vertical game, obviously quite thin levels. Mm. If you made a horizontal version of it, you could have two players simultaneous on there. Oh, that'd be how decent. cool! Because you wouldn't need to scroll the screen. Yeah, because it'd be a wider screen. You could play two players at the same time. Maybe more different. You only had the two different baddies and the bosses. You had the green trousered guys and the purple trousered guys. Maybe you could have red trousered guys and blue trousered guys. And you could. Or they could have it. different weapons, maybe. They could have different. They could punch, maybe. I don't know. Mm. You could have versus and cooperative. You Absolutely. could even kick, kick each other to death or work together. So what you could do is you could do sort of the first step where you get all the guys together, and if you hit each other, it doesn't matter. You know, you might get thrown back, but you don't lose a point. Yeah. And then on the second bit, you get rid of the baddie together, or maybe there's two bosses come after you. And then on the third step. You can have a fight to the death. Mm, be but, good, that. But what you'd have to do, that'd be a very short game. You'd only get through three lots of level, wouldn't you? You'd lose all your three lives. But what you could do, whoever won the round could get like a bonus, and the other person wouldn't get the bonus. Mm, that'd be really yeah. cool, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, why didn't they ever make a kicker too? Let's do it. Should we do it? If I had the skill, I would. Put it on your project's to-do list. Yeah, in my head. Yeah. <laughs> so, Yeah. That's it. The, the games, the, the the baddies were exactly the same, just different trousers, and all the bosses were very similar in what they did. But they might have had a weapon. But yeah. basically, if you jump too close, and they'll all duck and they'll hit you, they'll jump at you, and they'll either fire their throwing stars at you or their, their whatever their weapon is. So it was very samey. They could have mixed up a little bit, maybe. I yeah. Don't know. Maybe yeah. there was a, a a sequel planned. I don't know. Awesome little game though. Mm, very good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Mm. I also like the the mu- we said about the music, but I like the sound effects. Mm. When you hit like one or two guys, it makes this really wonderful clattering noise when you knock them off, and the yeah. guys actually spin around and fall off the screen. I like that little yeah. animation when they fly off. It's cool. It's quite satisfying kicking them, isn't it? Oh yeah, I do like a good kick. It's like Kung Fu Master. It's got that satisfying contact yeah. when you hit the people yeah they yeah. make a sort of clattering noise and they those guys sort of fall off the screen as well don't they sort of just mm. they, they flop off the end but yeah. these actually spin around and fall off the screen it might be fun right in our fantasy horizontal version where we take, play two players together is they'll just lay on the floor and you'll stomp over them when you walk over them <laughs> so they're getting locked they just leave like bodies everywhere all over the screen so you can see how many people you've duffed up yeah and then you can have a bonus level where they all come back to life and it's a zombie survival game hey you're thinking outside the box, old son. You're going to get one of them for that. Whoa! I like that. Ping, ping. So, the cabinet art, um, well, it was a kit, so there wasn't one. But I've got a picture in front of me here of the side art that came with the kit, which is the same as that T-shirt I showed you earlier, my kicker T-shirt, which I might have yes. put on the, the podcast notes as well. But there's, someone's done up a, a kicker cabinet here. It's It looks like it's an old stern cabinet. Maybe it was a berserk or a scramble. It looks very similar shape. And they've got a really nice kicker marquee, which has got um, your little man in white with his foot hanging out, and he's kicking a guy, and you know, he's lobbing him off the screen. There's a big fiery guy. I, saw, I thought I saw hate beak them. It's another guy flying off the screen. So the, the, the marquee's really nice. It's got full artwork around the bezel. That, that even, looks nice. Even the control panel's got its own artwork. He's got like sort of these. Um, it's got the guy in the middle f- um, hurling the, the, the flames out of his mouth around a joystick, which I think is really cool. Uh, yeah, it's really, and the side art is really nice. It's like um, a colour version of my T-shirt. Have you ever seen like an original kit package ever been delivered? I would imagine you'd get like the the 
artwork all sort of flat packed and then you get the PCB and may- maybe if it had controls as well. Have you yeah. ever seen anything like I that? I have actually. Uh, Alex Chucky Egg, yeah. our old co-host, he had a uh, an original Nintendo box with Donkey Kong 3 kit in it. Yeah. It came with a metal control panel with all the buttons and joysticks. Uh, I think he already had the, the artwork. I don't think that came with it. And the marquee, and also the, the, the bezel, the screen, the plastic screen bezel that went sort of in front of the screen. They are really nice to have. I mean, collectors go mad for these. They're worth quite a lot of money yeah. to get a full kit, especially an old game like, cause back in the day, an operator would get the kit, put it on the machine, chuck the box away. Of course. You yeah. know, and then, and then when that game wore out or, you know, people weren't playing it anymore, they'd whip the marquees out and lob in the back room over a load of old scrap PCBs, chuck the PCB out, and that'd be the last you saw of it until mm-hmm. people like us bought it. 20 years later. So yeah, a full, a full kit would be really, really nice. Mm. But that side art is wonderful. I, I might have to get that as a poster, you know. I'll get muddy music on the case, get him to do a poster of that for me. Yeah, it's it is good. print that. some really nice posters. Sort of, you know, large poster size. Yeah. There was a few, um, there wasn't any spin-offs to this. Um, this is really a spin-off of Ya Kung Fu. And there were th- ports to the 8-bit computers. Commodore 64, yeah. the Amstrad CPC, and the Spectrum 48K had a version of this. Yeah. All really poor. Um, I played the Spectrum one because I had it as a kid, obviously, because I loved the game as a kid. I watched the Commodore 64 and the Amstrad CPC versions on YouTube. They're as bad or worse than the Spectrum version. The mm. game just seems really slow. I mean, it's slower yeah. than, than the easy level, you know, when you start on, on level and it gets faster, it's just slower than the arcade version by a long mile. And the Commodore 64 version, I noticed a really poor glitch in it. Um, it it's got in the background the doors, you know, where the, the guys come out of. Yeah. But the guys don't come out of the doors. They just appear in another area, which is really lazy. Problem. Could they not just move that position over the doors? So when the guys came, they came out the door. <laughs> it is really poor. It's a real shame that they never had a good version of this. But I played the Spectrum version and enjoyed it. It was a really yeah. monochrome, horrible color clash. You couldn't see what was going on because the graphics are all see-through. When you went over a background, you could see the background still. It was mm. a, it was really poor, but I loved it. I still played it. Yeah, that's all you had at the time, isn't it? Absolutely. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I reckon it would have been really cool if they'd done a NES version or a PC Engine because they could easily have handled this game. Mm. And that would have been really cool. They were sort of the right kind of consoles to do this on, I think. PC Engine, yeah, definitely would have had the power, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Well, I think the NES would even. Mm. You know, it'd been pretty. I mean, even if it's a little bit cut down, or maybe the sprites were single colour, who cares? It's still been fast enough to play, I think. Mm. That would have kept me happy forever. <laughs> right, mister, let's get to the scores. And I can see already that you've been messing with the notes. No, I haven't. Right, let's go through the scores then, and there's an obvious mistake. Phil V85 got 510,700. No, he didn't. You've Hold deleted. on a minute. What is that really, if you look really hard, oh, right. that little figure I've done is the smallest, the smallest oh. font you can, and it's in yellow, so you can't see it. Hang on. I'm putting it back into the original size. 2,510,700 from Phil V85. So you know what he's got to get for that, because that... Friends is a new world record. He's yep. going to get a. <laughs> That's the first world record we've had on here, I think. I think so. That is an absolute amazing score. He started off. Uh, what did he get? He started off really high, he like eight hundred thousand, and I yeah. went, "Uh oh, I'm going to get beaten <laughs> here." And I thought to myself, mm, "I can probably beat under eight eight hundred thousand. I'll probably beat that." 
and he kept getting better and better and my heart sank deeper. And <laughs> <laughs> so well done, Phil. So two and a half million. An astronomical score. But the bad news is, yeah. uh, it's good news because it's a world record. He's videoed it. I think he's getting it verified as we speak. And hopefully galaxies, it'll be yeah. in, in Twin Galaxies. Uh, I got onto the Broken Token guys who know Estelle Goffinet, who is the marathon uh, world champion of 46 million points. And yeah. I said, oh, did Estelle have a go at these settings? And he said, oh, we talked to him. And he's got a Twitch video somewhere of him getting 6 million but it's not confirmed. It's not been sent to Twin Galaxies, and I'm not sure if he's going to. But at the moment, we'll have Phil V85, one of our listeners, as the world record holder. See, I can't. I've looked and looked on Twitch, and I can't find that video. Well, maybe it's his own one. He hasn't put out yet. I don't know. Yeah. I've no idea. But hopefully, he won't. Mm. <laughs> so uh, yeah, but he's he's he can he can just keep the marathon settings, can't he? He can have that. There's no way Phil's going to stay up for 46 hours to get to beat that. He probably could. Mm, so next in line was me, the winner. Yeah. Oh, I can't do that anymore, can I? Damn. 672,300 points. I couldn't beat that this morning. I got 600,000 this morning. It was my last game, and I thought I gave up. I went, no, I'm not going to beat that. I'm going to put this in my vertical cab yeah. with the actual arcade PCB set on these settings, and I'm going to try and beat a million. That's my goal, is to do a yeah. million. I think I can do it if I get a good game. And I notice when you're stressed on this game, you cannot play it. You've got to remain calm. When I play calm and I don't worry, I can do this really well. And I think I can mm. probably do it eventually. With a bit more practice, I will get better at it. It's one of those games I like. You do get better as you play more of it, I think. Yeah. If you get stressed and angry, you you, you get aggressive and you lose the timing issue, don't you? And do then you know you've what? lost it. Yeah. I behaved like a proper Richard one night. I was playing in I was playing in the um in the garage and wife came to the door and she sort of opened it and I said, Oh you're right and I was playing away and she said she said something, she says, Oh whatever. So I've been in a minute and she sort of closed the door and I thought, Oh god, I've annoyed her. And I just kept thinking, Oh well, you know, I'm gonna have a grief with her when I get in, you know, because I've been playing this silly game. And I, I lost, I just completely lost all my life, so almost straight away. I was really annoyed. I came in and said, Why would you disturb me? She goes, I didn't. And I said, Well you just slammed the door. She goes, No, I said I'll see you in a minute. And I didn't hear her. Mm. And I was like, oh, I'm such an idiot. I'm really sorry. It's only yeah. a silly game. I was trying to concentrate. She said, no, no, you know. And I said, look, if you, if you come in again, just knock on the wall. And I, but the really stupid thing is, right? I'm such an idiot. I was playing on main. If you hold one player start down and pull down, it pauses it. Yeah. <laughs> I could have just paused it and sorted her out and, oh, for God's sake. What an oh, idiot. Dear. Oh, I'm, dear. So, I'm so used to playing arcade games without thinking about pausing them. I don't pause them. Mm. So, so I'm, the, I'm the opposite. I'm yeah. trying to pause stuff when there's no pause button. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you right. get a cab, young man, you won't have any pause buttons. Ah, no, no. And you won't be able to cheat with the auto and all that rubbish. Ooh, boo. I can, I can do something. Right, third place is me, 258,000. Well, that's a good score. Do you reckon it's good, that? Yeah. Have you played on Marathon Second yet, on the, the easy level with extra lives? Yes, I did for... Um, maybe two games, and yeah. I found it harder because it was joking. Yeah, because they weren't jumping when I was expecting. Ah, uh, yeah, you, you messed yeah. up because because you, you're so used to the harder levels. Yeah, yeah, that's what it I'm is. sure I could play that for a long time now, though. I reckon you'd be up for a million on that. If you yeah. can get if you can get two hundred fifty eight thousand on the hard settings, I think you do a million easy. Remember, you're, you're gaining extra lives every seventy thousand as well. Mm. So next yeah, time, yeah, of course, yeah. Next time you've got an hour to spare. Give it a go. So we can give, give it a go. Hmm. So we have three more people that submitted scores. Mad Stee, 
yep. dot com, one hundred fifty two seven hundred. Mr. Monkey Chunk, who we've mentioned before, forty seven thousand. He did well there because I think on his first video he's only getting fifteen thousand. Yeah. So he's done well. He's 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 gained. And Vip, I think who's had a single game. Oh. Got 44,100, which is good for a single game, That is a pretty good going for a single game, Ben. Well done. Yeah. So thanks also, for playing with us, and no thanks for Phil V85 for beating me. Well done, Phil. Don't oh. listen to him. No, really <laughs> well more. done. Excellent. Excellent score. <laughs> some more awesome scores while we're on the subject. Yes. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. Go on. Are you ready? Yeah. We have a second Twin Galaxies world record holder on the show. Oh, it stopped working. He's broke it. Madsd.com. Jump bug. He's carried on playing jump bug our last game. And he's got 164,560, which is the world record on MAME, yep. not on Arcade, Absolutely. on MAME, on Twin Galaxies, on his little laptop. We have two world champion listeners who right. actually made their world records on our games. How cool is yep. that? Yep. Well done, Madsd. Absolutely brilliant. I think he's waiting to be verified on that as well. He is, yeah. Excellent. He, as of this morning, he hadn't heard anything back, but I think mm. they take a couple of days, don't they? Yeah, sure. They've got a lot of things to get through. People send them videos every five minutes, I think. And I'm also going to mention an awesome player from Arcade Club called Paul Greenall, Paul Paz Greenall. Everyone knows him at the club. And the other day, he won a CC'd Rygar. Oh, my Lord, really? With a score of over four million. I watched him play last weekend, mm. and he got to level 23 out of 27. And he plays very casually, you know, like it's, you know, we were bat on Rygar, we were battering the buttons and, yeah. and leaping around and being frantic. He plays it so casually and precisely. It made it look easy. I kind of love that. I also hate yeah. it because I can't do it. I get quite excited when I play games. You saw me playing Kung Fu Master at Nerg, didn't you? Yeah, we had, to clear, like a four-year-old. we had to clear the area of young children due to the swearing. <laughs> yeah, there was a bit of swearing as well, but it was a lot of fun swearing. It's fun oh, swe- it is fun, fun swearing. swearing. Some good swearing. But it's, it, not, it's not it, kids, don't do it. Paz is one of these awesome players. You don't meet him very often. There's just He's good at loads of stuff. Pang, Ghosts and Goblins, Bubble Bubble, Packland, R- Wonderboy, and his speciality got 1.8 million on track and field last night. Wow. Uh, he must have been playing it for over an hour. You know, you said about these guys are good at different games. Our, our mate yeah. John Studley, who's trying to do the freehand Pac-Man, who's yeah. really so close to doing it, he is a, a really good player at Berserk. Yes, I he know. He can do yeah. 1942. Yeah. Uh, he's really good at track and field. I think track and field is going to be his next world record attempt after he's done Pac-Man. Mm. There's different versions of this, but there's one way you don't loop it. You get to the end of the level after you do the high jump. Is it the high jump the last level? I don't know. I think that's it. And you've got to try and amass as many points as you can before you finish the game and you, you go on the winner's podium. And he's very close to the world record already. So hopefully right. John will do that as well. No right. pressure, John. No pressure. No. <laughs> <laughs> he's and good also, at uh, Crystal Castles. He's good at as he well. He is, yeah. That's another one. Uh, Kim Cannonarm went for his 100-hour gyrus attempt. 100 hours. What's that? That's like four days solid? Yeah. Oh, my Lord. He finished on 69,071,350. He so didn't, he didn't make the 100-hour goal. No, he ended at 58 hours. Mm. That's, uh, thanks to Mr. Tronads for highlighting that. But that is some sort of... He's the uh, guy who can hit yeah. the button about 17 million times a second, isn't it? Is that him? Yeah, Kim Cannon Arm. Ah. What a guy. Cannon Arm? Yes. 
That's not is his that... real name. Isn't it? He's got a, an, an arm like a cannon. Oh. Anyway, that would have been great if that was his real name. You're easily pleased. I am. So, Mark's out of ten. What, are we really going to do Mark's out of ten? Do you not want to do that? I'm just going to mock, mock them. I'd say 97 out of 10 for me. Yes. And that's funny. It would have been 100, but um, Phil V85 ruined it for me. I said 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10 cats. Mm. Are you changing from 9 out of 10 because you keep falling off ledges because you're a, a clumsy doofus? Because the, the guy's stupid and he, He's an idiot. He, he keeps landing on his head. <laughs> clumsy idiot. Hammering elephant. What is he? <laughs> right. That's a cool game out of the way. Let's do some art of side art. The art of side art. Ah, and this is your mm. pick this time. Yes. What? A, well, there's a reason for this. It wasn't exactly my pick, but I'm nicking it. I'm having it. Mm. Um, the game is Bump and Jump. And it's in a really sort of strangely angular red cabinet. Not your boring old black or boring old white. It's in a red cabinet. And it's sort of quite, quite a, a sort of tall slant to the front of it. And the side art follows this line. And the side art is sort of like half height from this halfway up and it's got a really cool little sun with sunglasses on and it's got bump and jump you've got some sort of cartoony cars racing around each other after each other and it's really smart being red it's really colorful side art and when you look at the front of the cabinet it's got kick plate art as well with a sort of little car on it you've got a full-on yellow and black control panel with little pictures on it and you've got some really cool little sort of cars going around the outside of the screen bezel because it's a vertical game. And you've yep. got what I love on the two, left and right hand side, you've got hints how to play the game. Tells you yep. how to play the game. And then the, um, the marquee is rather like the side. It's really colourful bump and jump. Mm. You know what else is really cool about this actual cabinet? Uh, you own it. No, I don't. I would quite like to have it actually. It's quite a nice looking thing. It's pin compatible with Burger Time. Same mm. manufacturer. So you could just pull out your bump and jump PCB. Bang your burger time in, and you're slapping around burgers. Mm. How cool is that? Do you reckon there's a lot of them that was just converted to burger time? I don't know, because I'm not sure. It was probably a time thing. If this was earlier than, bump, than burger time, yeah, they definitely would have put a burger time in it afterwards. But mm. it's probably a more modern game would have been put in there, I would have thought. That's what yeah, they did back in yeah. the day. They didn't put older games. They put more modern games in. So that's a really nice one. And we were talking about that in a few minutes, weren't we? We certainly will, yes. Right. Now it is time for releases from this month in history, July. We're going way back. We are. Go on, do we, have you got any kind of way back sample on Ooh, you? Let's have a look. Let's way give back, it, way back. Let's give it a... It's a bit ominous, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. How about a, let's go way back. I like it. Whatever that is. Is that you doing that? No, it's just an idiot. Oh. Thing, I don't know. Right, yeah, so we're going back to July 2000. 15 years ago. Guilty Gear X from Sammy on Naomi Hardware. Yeah. Decent fighter. And I'm ashamed to say I never even knew of this series until a Ooh. couple of months ago at the Batcave when it was on the Dreamcast. There's loads of these. There's Guilty Gear XX, Guilty Gear XX Slash. There's quite a few of them. Mm. And you've put in the in the comments here on the notes, is there a way to kind of download all the Naomi games straight onto the hardware? There is. I've got it. I, I thought there was. Yeah, Naomi th- Hardware is um, a motherboard, a white motherboard. 
Yeah. There's two versions as well. There's a black one. The white one is the first one, and you put cartridges in the top rather like MVS games, rather like Neo Geo cartridges. Yeah. They plug down rather than in. Yeah. And you can get a thing called a netboot, and it's a cartridge you put in the top, and you can actually put a network cable in it. And you can network cable to either a little laptop or computer with the ROMs on. Or nowadays, you don't even need the computer. You can have a compact flash system with all the ROMs on. You just choose which game you want. It takes about a minute or so to, to inject into the machine. Then you can actually take the lead out of it and put your computer away. and It will stay on there until you turn the machine off. Ah, oh, brilliant. And I've got a netboot, so I've got all the games. There's one or two games that won't work. So you need a memory upgrade for the motherboard. And I think one of the Guilty Gear games has got the memory upgrade in it, so it's a bigger game. Ah. But there's loads of um, really cool games on Naomi Hardware. I like them. Zero Gunner 2, I yeah, like. That's a good game. That's a really mm. nice game. But you've got to turn your screen around to play on that one. Mm. A 29 inch screen is hard work. Oh, it's really heavy, isn't it? You could lie down on a couple of chairs. You're all right, isn't it? Mm. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. July 1990, 25 years into the past. Dark Seal. Ah, oh, yeah, we were talking about this earlier. Dark Seal, Gate of Doom from Data East. An isometric hack and slash. That's where I've heard of it. Yeah, but it's not as good as the one I said. No. Which was Dungeon Magic, I don't think. And also, from this very same month, Moonwalker, Michael <laughs> Jackson. Yeah, from Sega. Hmm. Did you play this or not? I haven't because I thought it looked a bit daft, but people really like Moonwalker. Yeah, I haven't for the same reason. It was a three-player cabinet, and when old MJ died a few years ago, the cabinet went on eBay for a fortune. People were, like, going mad to get the game. Yeah. It's quite a nice little cabinet. I think it's supposed to be quite a good game. It's a little, it's like an isometric game again, isn't it? Same kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. And 35 years, July 1980, the my favourite era into the Golden Age era. There's Absolutely. three games here. Armor Attack from Cinematronics, which is a vector version, kind of the tank, and a yeah. kind of a tank game. I'm ashamed to say I've never played it. I don't think I have. I think I, I think in Mame and on the arcade cabinet, you've got overlays. You have. Yeah. Uh, and you need to turn them on in Mame, otherwise the game is silly. It's like Warrior. You can't yeah. play without the overlays because you need to know the overlays are actual physical barriers. Mm. And that you'll just be bumping into nothing. You won't see the barriers on this. You've got to turn them on. In Warrior, have you got holes that you fall down? Yeah, that, that's right. Yeah. You just wander into stuff and fall down. You don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Also, one of my favourites, and I know you love it too, Mooncrester. Uh, Mooncrester from Nichibutsu. Yeah. Great, Great sounds. Game. That's the only thing I'm saying. I like the, game. I like the sounds. And the colours, the graphics, everything. Mm. Gameplay. No, the gameplay is awful because they come up behind you and, and smack you in the bottom. We're going to disagree on that on forever, we are, aren't we? That yeah. One? yeah. I, the, the sounds of Mooncrester make 80s arcades. I'll give you that. Yeah. You always yeah. hear them in the background. Always. I think that's yeah. a lot of the appeal for me, that. Yeah. Mm. And another game, Space Firebird from Nintendo, was out this month. That's a little Galaxian clone. Quite a fun little game. Mm, quite quite a few, to play. Yeah, a few differences to it. Mm, yeah, there. yeah. You've got this thing where you can warp up the screen. Alex yeah. has got a Space Firebird uh, cocktail cabinet. Yeah. Quite a nice little colourful game. The sounds on it are really cool. We like the sounds mm. on it. And that concludes that. Let's do next show's game and who picked it. Yes, we have a listener pick this week. Yes. And it's from Mr. Chucky Egg, Alex. 
And he's, uh, we were talking about car games, weren't we? Jap JAC was talking about them last time. Yeah. So Alex has replied, there's not many car games I like, but one in particular which I did put a lot of 10Ps into was Bump and Jump, mm. which we've just done the outside art. It's a yes. top-down thing. Avoid the obstacles, driver type. It's not really a racing game. You just have to get to the end of the level by bumping into other cars and pushing them into the side of the road. You've also got a jump button, which is cool if you take if you time it right and you can land on top of the other cars. It's great fun, good music, and the cab is gorgeous, as we know. Absolutely. Bump and jump, or burning rubber, exactly what it says on the tin. You've got a bump and jump. Yes. So, yeah, I've not played... I played a little bit of this. I think they had this in the chip shop when I was a little nipper. So they used to, they used to bung their games out every month or so and have different games. I'm sure they bump and jump in there. Mm. So that's cool. There is, on MAME, right, you've got Burning Rubber, which is, I think it was a Japanese version of this, or I think it was just another version of it. I, I think it's the, exactly the same, but there's a different title yeah. screen, that's it. So which version? Bump and Jump, we've got the Deco cassette version, which... Takes forever to load. Yeah, you can press F10 to throttle it and load it. Yeah. You've got the Midway version, or you've got the Data East USA version. Let's which do version? the Data East USA version, because I think it loads instantly, that one. It does. Yeah, right, let's do that one then. That's the challenge for next time, kids. Uh-huh. And Get on it. Before we go, one last little thing for the both of us. Mm. You want to change your fantasy cab list, don't you? Yeah. The cab, the arcade that exists only in your mind. Does it? Yeah. So what's that at the bottom of my garden? That is I your know. imagination. It it's is. There. Look, look, it's not there. It's, not a, it's a virtual shed with virtual loveliness in it. Mm. You keep thinking that, love. You keep thinking that. Yes, just visualise it and it'll, it'll come true. Have you not heard that? Yeah, when I was five. If you visualise them and really think about it, it comes true. Or you fall asleep. Mm. Could do whatever happens first. I'm going to take <laughs> Dodon Patchy out of my fantasy cab list. Yeah, what are you going to replace it with? I'm going to put in another bullet hell because you've got to have one. Absolutely. Sugan's going in. Cause oh, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm going to try and one credit clear it. Really? And then Mr. Yeah, Mr. SM Radius can do it. But by the time you get to the end, there's only five levels, mm. and I can, not easily, but I can get to the end of level four quite often, oh. and it just goes insane. So yeah, I'm going to try and do that. you know there's only six levels on viewpoint. Mm. Mm. Yes, yeah, put it into perspective, that, yeah. And are you going to take it to the full extent of the jam? The full Paul Weller, the full extent of the jam. I've also removed a game out of my cab list that exists in my head and at the end of our podcast. I'm removing Tasmania and yes. I'm putting in Kicker. Mm, and especially the cabinet that's on our show notes, one of the yellow tea moulding. I think it's a really nice cabinet. I'm hoping that wasn't an old scramble or a berserk cab. Yeah. Or Turtles. Yeah. Or Rescue. Or any of the yeah. Stern games. But mm. um, I'm just going to accept it's a Kicker cab and I'm having it. Yeah. Absolutely. And before we go... One final word. Yes, there is a UK Podcasters Awards in September in Manchester. And would the lovely viewers like to vote for us so we can win this award? Because we're really um, excellent and professional, aren't we, Vic? We're not going to win anything with viewers. You mean listeners. I do mean listeners. That's how professional we are. We (laughs) correct our mistakes almost instantly. Now, listen, listeners... This is from the heart. Yes. There might there might be chicken and chips in a basket at this do. Yeah. And we want chicken and chips in a basket. Yeah. Please vote for us. Only yes, if you think we're any good. Yeah. 
Otherwise, don't. Vote for someone else. If you think we're crap, yeah, just vote anyway because we will get better. That's one way of looking at it, isn't it? <laughs> and on that note, let's get off. My tea's ready. <laughs> and we'll be playing Bump and Jump for the next two weeks. Hopefully everyone will play it with us. Get onto us with Twitter and other means of talking to us. Tell us your scores. Tell us anything you like about arcades. We're, we want to hear these things. And until next time, thanks very much for listening and goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. I haven't got a sample for a horse. Dang. <laughs> I do. You got the lip movement right. We should video this, you know. No. Because, because, because you can keep any bitch. I got my rich tea, rich tea. I tell you, I'm a junkie, a flunky, cruising my ass with a Oreo. Don't need a hoe, got my Gary Baldy, not Barlow, he's gone now. I need a Kit Kat when the rhyme's fat with the beat. I can't cheat. Can a biscuit cheat like a mother? Hell no. Take this oatmeal cookie, it's important. Soon as it's so popular, uh, Sean and I decided to do just a one-off biscuit review podcast, and this is it. What do you reckon, Sean? Oh, I like biscuits, Oz. So, what's your biscuit, Sean? Well, I've got a bourbon. And what about your biscuit? Well, I've got a dark chocolate hobnob. Okay, let's do. Uh, let's do. Before we taste the biscuit, Sean, should we do the uh, the art of biscuit side art? Yeah, all right then. What's yours like? Well, mine has a lovely uh, dark chocolate-looking red uh, packet. It's got a lovely picture on the side. The hobnob's got a really cool little font. Uh, the logo there, the manufacturer logo, is pretty cool as well. Yeah, I really like these. You don't get many in a pack, but, you know, we've spoke about them before. You pay for a few quality biscuits, I think. And yours, uh, what's your uh, your bourbons packet like, then, from wherever you got them from? Well, it's just a see-through packet, isn't it? Yeah. With bourbon on side. Oh, it's like a brown biscuit, isn't it? It's dry. Nice. Okay. What are your biscuits like? Well, it's uh, round. You don't get many packets. They're so nice. Expensive. Dark chocolate. Lustrous. Lovely. Moist as well. And the hobnob in the name, I think it's to do with the, the crunchy nuts and the extra crunch you get on the biscuit. They're excellent. So uh, why don't you give your biscuit a bit of a, a bit of a try there, Sean? See what it's like. All right. I love biscuits, me. Oh, 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 oh god, I need some tea, it's really dry. Oh god. Just a minute. Oh, yeah. oh. oh, it's a bit dry, you need tea with them. What's yours like? Well, let's give it a go, shall we? I won't need tea with mine. Mmm. Mmm. Mmm, Mmm, dark chocolate's so rich. Mmm. Mmm. I may have just given myself gout, but I don't care. Well worth two quid them biscuits, I tell you, mate. How much are yours? 14p now, that's the... Well, okay. I think we know who the winner is here, Sean, don't we? I think the dark chocolate hobnob should get a... One of your crappy old bourbons should get a... So, you won't ever hear this again, so thanks for listening and goodbye. See ya! You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you, 
for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 